Give me my boy. Episode 18 of the 2015 offseason. This is show 182. Pretty sweet. Uh, that means there's 18 episodes since the Super Bowl happened. Um, good, good times. We're trying to knock them out every week. Uh, I think the last week, two weeks ago, we had we did three in one week to make up for some lost time. So we're here on Sunday to do a knockout Pyro's collective tiers for quarterback and tight end. Uh, we did our previous show with the running backs and wide receivers. We missed, uh, didn't get all the way through it. So now we are sitting here doing the uh, version, the QB and the tight ends. As usual, I got Houdini to the left of me. Stag party across the way. Dogmatica to my right. I'm D-Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com. And uh, lots of football action. I think the last podcast we were talking about how there was the first time ever there was no action going on in the NFL. But obviously... Uh, that changes quickly. Lots to talk about. We won't go through it too much because, like we did, we listen to some of our old podcasts and we realize we talk about stuff in the about last week's news for an hour and then we get into our stuff. So we're not going to do that. Um, anything good going on? Uh, stag party? You you fire? You look like firing up this weekend? Yeah, firing up pretty hard. Couple different things. Uh, you know, softball and golf and. Becoming an old man, I think, like playing old pretty man fun. games and it's pretty fun. Is get, it? Getting good at them. Are, are, are you playing bocce ball yet? I, I did play bocce ball at this bachelor party, and I gotta tell you, I had a bit of fun. But there's also this game called Sauce Kit. All right, let me explain this to you. It's like awesome. bags, but it's like two hockey nets across from each other, and they're like miniature hockey nets, like say uh, one foot high by two foot wide, and it's got like a little sh- like sheet of fake ice in front, maybe that's like four feet long or something. So you have to sauce pass and try to make it into the other n- net from across, and it like plays like bags. So if you make it directly into the net, it's three points, and if it bounces off the ice, it's one point. And it, it was the most fun I've had. It's What's like, that other game that I see people playing with the Frisbee where you tap it into a garbage can? Uh, What's that can? Jam can. Jam, jam can. <laughs> I just started I, I don't playing like that spike one. ball. I like spike ball. Yeah. That one's pretty cool. But uh, there's so many games. I, I, uh, I love I, it. As someone who likes making up games uh, myself, Beer Pong, we made up uh, a, a Frisbee golf slash golf beer pong. We did an 18 uh, whole course. It was pretty sweet. Uh, was pretty good sweet. good, like good times. 
Um, all right, well, let's talk about some quarterback action. Um, I don't even have that email that you sent to me, so stag party. <laughs> oh, that's because your email is full, but that's besides the point. It's full? <laughs> Over quota. It says that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I know why. But besides the point... The send first it to a different email. <laughs> send it to a different email. Come on, seriously, I need it for the show. <laughs> Which one? Yeah, we're doing the show. Uh, okay, I'll figure yeah, it out. I'll send it to all of them. So the first guy we'll talk about is right, Russell Wilson. I'll, I'll send it to you. Okay. Go, go, so Russell Wilson. Talk. Sorry, guys. Russell Wilson is Houdini's boy. I'm starting to fall off the Russell Wilson train a little bit. It seems like he's just being ranked where he was ranked or finished last year, and they're not taking into consideration anything going forward. And they think just the Jimmy Graham plus, you know, what he did last year, everything's going to happen again the exact same way. And I just got to tell you, it's just not. It's not the way fantasy football works. You don't pay for past performance. Uh, each season is a new game. So we got to rate this guy differently. So I just pulled him out of my, uh, my top ten. Uh, or not my top ten, excuse me, my top top five. I think I moved him into the seven range. Uh, and, you know, that's still pretty much double where he was being drafted last season. So what do you guys kind of think about that? And I can kind of give you my reasons why. I kind of talked about a few of them in the uh, uh, Pyro Podcast Lite that we should talk. Well, I mean, I'm, I'll tell you this. Based on you're telling me that, you know, you're not paying for past performance. What was the past performance as far as his passing performance last year was pedestrian. He, didn't, he only threw for uh, 3,475 yards and 20 touchdowns. He threw for 26 touchdowns the year before. So you, you look at, at that situation, you know, obviously he did, he did a lot more with his uh, ability to, to run last year. But at the same time, he's got so much more growth that he can do in the passing game. And if he takes that next step, with the extra weapons that he has now and Potentially either going to get a contract or not going to be you know playing as hard as he as he, as he can. Here's a guy that's got all the extra motivation and a, a, a still room in his game to take another step forward. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's a, he's he's a horse of a different color. He's not the normal quarterback up here. Because to be honest, he's one of the few guys like a Cam Newton who has sustained what he's been able to do. Um, he's not the you know the Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers guy, you know, soon to be a, you know uh, Andrew Luck, who throws it or, or Drew Brees, or whatever, who throws 40 to 40 touchdowns a year. Um, this guy depends on his legs, you know. And granted, that's uh, that's something that usually doesn't last. But Wilson is young, and uh, he's he seems to be getting better at it. He seems to be a little more choosy of when and where to take off. So, I, I mean, to be honest, I think he's fine right where we have him, which is what at this point? Uh, four. Four? Actually, no. That's, that's definitely a little high for me. <laughs> I, I have him at seven, personally, and that's where I thought he was. I was, I was looking at the other sheet there. Um, yeah, I just dropped him to agree with you a little bit. Here's the thing. He had the fifth best rushing season ever for a quarterback. Fifth best. So, if you're talking about what you paid for in past performance, the fifth best rushing performance ever. And... Every quarterback who's ever surpassed 800 yards in the next season has never been able to surpass 600. Mm-hmm. Uh, the closest was Michael Vick. He got 597 uh, one of those years. And the thing is, he's just not going to be able to sustain that running game success to the level it is. So that's what. You're losing 220 you know, points at least and knocking him down quite a bit. I still, I still think personally that he can get to 600. I really do. Um, he's that type of guy. He's, I mean, the thing is that a lot of quarterbacks break down after big rushing seasons. 
We saw uh, Cam Newton after you know a, a couple of those big rushing seasons. He broke down hard. Russell hasn't broken down at all. I mean, it seems like he's actually even a little bit stronger and and, and faster at this point. Um, I don't know. I, I don't see him breaking down all that much and losing all that much. But I do think, as you said, he, he will lose some, and I think it pushes him down to, to seven, in my opinion. My final defense on it is I'm I'm expecting those numbers to come down, but I'm also mentioning to you what he did in the passing game, and those numbers are going up. So he's going to become – he makes up for losing 400 yards in, in passing. So uh, that's 40 points right there. But he's going to throw for 600 more yards and get over 4,000 yards. He's going to go from only throwing 20 touchdowns to throwing 32 touchdowns maybe. And he's going to still – yeah, he could potentially do that. You're bullish, Houdini. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, sure, is it possible? Yes, but it, it, it's more that offense, not him. The, the offense itself is still going to be a major running offense, even with a Jimmy Graham there. I understand, but at the same time, he's also a guy who, like Roethlisberger, can extend plays and can make things happen. And at his point in time and his progression as, as a professional – and wanting to take his game to the next level, he's always you know wants to prove that he's a great passer too. He'd like to have numbers that are closer to luck. So you know he's playing for a contract again. You know everything is. In- Here's my worry: if he is playing for the contract, nothing's worked out, which it looks like they're miles apart. Is he going to go and start running as much as he usually would without abandon? If he doesn't have that big, I mean, imagine if all of a sudden he gets a. Uh, RG three knee on the sideline action, and all of a sudden it's a, it's a different if it's a different deal if he hasn't gotten his money. So if he doesn't get the money, I'd be worried that he's gonna be going and for a lot of passing and try and become that luck player because he's not gonna want to injure himself or injure his bank account even more. How many big hits did he take last year? He's good at avoiding them. He, he is. He's very good at avoiding them. With 118 but, rushes, which is ridiculous. I, I'm I'll concede he's probably only gonna get about maybe 60 to 70 rushes. I think he gets more than 60 to 70 rushes, but I, I won't be 118, that, that's for sure. But I, I, I have to agree with D-Rex here. If he doesn't have that long-term contract in, in place, if he doesn't have the security, I think he does tone it back a little bit. Maybe he will pass a little bit more, but I, like I said, the offense is still very much geared towards a running game, and I just can't see him passing it. You know, I mean, last year he passed it, what, 452 times this year? I, I don't see him passing all, all of a sudden 550 times. It may be close <laughs> to 500, but that's about it. And that's not going to get you the type of stats that you're looking at to get back up into that top five. Well, let me go maybe, back. And maybe that changes when Marshawn Lynch breaks down. Maybe, but we can't start calling first. that. They've stockpiled their running backs well. I think they're okay in the running game otherwise. I don't think that they're going to drop off that much. Well, because this is the tiers, you know, we're going through our collective, and we all submit our tiers uh, for every draft kit we do, and then basically uh, we compile those together and come up with our collective pyro tiers, which is the average of where everyone falls within our individual tiers. So uh, then before the season, as we mentioned many times before, we go to uh, Fantasy Pros and we do our collective tiers where we really sit down and hash it out and have a couple days worth of arguments to figure out what our final, final pre-draft rankings are so that we can uh, compete against all these other fantasy experts and continue to dominate them like we do. Dogmatic at the forefront of that action. Strangely, I, I, I'm, I know I remember this correctly because we've talked about it before. I, I had Russell Wilson ranked easily the highest of the four of us last mm-hmm. year. And from what I'm looking at here, I, I definitely have him ranked the lowest. I know it's going to change for a couple of you. But it's it's really there's just situations that show that he's he's going to move down a little bit, and I know you guys 
uh, agree with it. And I, think we- I don't. I think his weapons are, are crazy. I mean, I think this guy's got serious weapons where I think, in talking about the Seahawks throughout, I think all this talent benefits Wilson. I think he's a, a great player. I think he's going to be, what, he's in his fourth season now. Uh, the guy's a stud. Um, I think he's going to have a big fantasy season. I don't think it's going to be as much with his legs, but I think with Jimmy Graham and now they've got all these wide receivers. they got a lot of wide receivers now. Add Locke to the mix. Add that uh, dude, uh, what's his name, Johnson or whatever. Chris Matthews. Chris Matthews. Uh, Cardball. But he, yeah, just. Uh, <laughs> but we'll see. It'll be fun. We'll, we'll, I'm not saying that he's going to stick for me at five. What do I have? I had him. At, yeah, I had him ranked as my QB five. I think it was tier, tier two, though. The thing is that you look at the top ten uh, quarterbacks out there in terms of fancy points. They all had at least one stud receiver, and you could call it. I guess, I don't know. Brady was ninth. So I guess maybe if you want to call Gronkowski the stud there. I guess you could maybe call Jimmy Graham sub, but you haven't seen him do it with Seattle yet. But every other one had some form of a stud. Roethlisberger has his Antonio Brown. Matt Ryan has his Julio Jones. Peyton Manning with uh, you know Thomas and Sanders. Breeze, I guess, is a had Graham. But that's a high, heavy, heavy you know uh, geared towards a pass type of offense. Rodgers has a couple, a few studs. Luck has a couple studs. It's just it, without the true stud there. It's difficult to see it happening. Eli Manning saw, you know, saw Odell Beckham come to be a stud. Tony Romo has his Des Bryant. It's just, it's difficult. Cool. That's a good point. Um, okay, so tiers, uh, tier one. Let's go cover that one. That was uh, Andrew Luck is our number one collectively, and Aaron Rodgers. So those two fall in are the only two quarterbacks that we collectively have in tier one. Then we go to tier two, which is uh, Peyton Manning being the third guy. Um, and then... I got it covered. That's <laughs> exactly what we did last week. Um, then we go to uh, Peyton Manning is the first guy in Tier 2. And then Russell Wilson, who we just talked at length about, is the fourth-ranked uh, quarterback, and he rounds out Tier 2. So, so we're, through, we're through two tiers and only four players. Uh, I don't think we need to talk about Tier 3. Uh, we can pass that one up. I think there's, unless you guys uh, have some fun talking about something in there, I think there's a lot of... Uh, great fantasy football play to be had there, but let's let's bump it away just so we don't give it all away to uh, the listening audience. Um, then we go to tier four, and that's Cam Newton. Let's talk about the the, the QB nine in our tier four top slot, Cam Newton. I know that you love Cam Newton. He's I don't know. We're, we're, you've got to have him much higher than the no, rest of us. No, I've got him at eight right now, but I just bumped him up a couple slots. Yep. He he's going to let the thoroughbred run. And when they say things like that, and he's just going to run because his offensive line is terrible, and big receivers are better at blocking. So, And I don't think Jonathan Stewart's a solid double-digit touchdown guy. So all those factors kind of lead me to believe that Cam Newton is going to be the Cam Newton of old, and he's also going to sling it a little bit more. Uh, I think Funchess and uh, Kelvin Benjamin are both you know, good targets, Benjamin especially being a lot better than Funchess because Funchess is a bum. Um, <laughs> but he's, I disagree, but that's okay. You got Greg Olson there, who's a solid target, and then after that, you know, you're looking at the options of Philly Brown, who could take a step and be a vertical field stretcher, and then bringing back Ted Ginn, who is a vertical field stretcher. And did very well for them a couple years ago, especially yeah. late in the season. He was really starting to click with them, which got him the contract that he got when he left. 
Um, Where'd he go? San Francisco? San, yeah, I think it was yeah. Arizona. 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 Yeah, God, he had a red team. Garbage. Garbage tenure. Yeah, they just they, they didn't know how to use him there correctly. But Carolina does use him correctly. He's, I mean, he definitely, you add Funchess in there, and they definitely have the weapons around him for him to be able to throw some touchdowns and have the threat of, of the, the throwing touchdown, uh, uh, throwing the ball over the place. The Jonathan Stewart factor um, is going to be big. Um, if he can stay healthy, that's something that defense is going to have a tough time. And because Newton has the ability to run over you know, any, any secondary type of uh, a player uh, any time he's back there, he, he has the potential to be where I have him at four. Yeah, I was going to say. You know, he's, I have him the highest of all, of all of them. Last year, I mean, he was, granted, he missed a couple games. But when it came to points per game, he was eighth in the league. And that was playing injured all year, basically. And your number one target was a rookie who was no longer a rookie. So, I mean, he, there were definitely problems going on last year. Everybody knew he would fall last year, but he's healthy, and he's got the targets, and he's, he's, he's got the offense. So I, and he happens to have, I think, the easiest schedule in the entire league, him and uh, the wide receivers. So, or at least top two. Uh, what do you Bay got there, D-Rex? It's right in front of you. Uh, I just got the fantasy playoffs in this one. I've got the other one. Tampa Bay, I think, has the number one. But yeah, Carolina's right up there. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. Quick. The thing yeah. that I'll say is, you know, it's interesting because you don't have Bye. the concern. Bye. You yeah. don't you don't have the concern with Cam Newton Ooh, that I'm you sure. have with Russell Wilson as far as you know the wear of the rushing. You know, 118 rushes for uh, for uh, Russell Wilson last year. Cam Newton has had over 100 rushes in every season that he's been in the league. He had over 100 last year, and he only played in 14 games, and he was hurt. Mm-hmm. So. This is a guy that, you know, you know, that's one of those guys, too, that could eventually have that, that breakdown problem. But I agree. I think he's still such a deadly weapon. And I think by adding the extra funches and the amazing height that they have, and if he can learn from Benjamin how to be that type of a receiver, it just gives them more threats. And, again, he's another guy that can extend plays. It can't have a great season. I'm expecting a lot more on Philly Brown than I am Funches. Um, I just don't see the hot. Uh, <laughs> Philly Brown put on some weight, added He's, five pounds to get up to a buck oh five. <laughs> um, but I think you guys are spot on, man. This guy, I think when he's running and when he's doing that, and I feel I don't feel like this is the case with Wilson as, as, nearly as much, but when he's running and out there, and he is having so much fun on the football field, Cam Newton, and he just gets fired up, and he gets the he gets hit, and he just gets jacked up, and it's just like. That dimension obviously now opens so much up for him to pass the ball, and the whole thing opens up, and he's having more fun. It's like when he starts running, and and he's a guy that can break a sixty-yard run. You know, he can go the distance. So I love the fact that um, he's got his contract, and now he's just going to go be able to let a thoroughbred be a thoroughbred. It, it's it, it's interesting. The two guys we're talking about last five games of the year, who had the most fantasy points per game last five games? Cam Newton, number one, with twenty-three. Per game, Russell Wilson number two with twenty point five. Everybody else is nineteen six or lower. Cam always is. A, he's a second half player. He's always fires it up at the end. I think there was one season where he really broke out pretty fast too. But um, can you look at his strength of schedule? Rookie year. Yeah, his rookie year. Yeah, he was, check, yeah, he was passing like four hundred yard game. What about that strength of schedule? Is there a, is the second half for him better? And you don't have to look. You know, look now, but we won't put you on the spot. But maybe check out. That's a guy to find out if he's better for the first half or the second half, or if he's got a 
couple green stretches of, of, of easy teams to go against. But Cam's the man. Let's uh, let's just put it that way. They're, they're trying to get him more weapons where yeah. finally... Third, third, third easiest in the second half. And he's a second half guy. That sounds like the kind of guy that you want to draft as your quarterback. And then if you want to, you can go... He, he, he's going to be a beast. Dog. Fourth. That's, uh, that's awesome. Alright, well let's go to... Um, the next one is going to be in that spot, tier four. We we're talking about the tenth QB, and that's Tony Romo. Tony Romo. So on that tier three, we skipped four guys, and we're gonna not tell you there. <laughs> what, what do you like about Romo? Stags or anybody? Uh, I like Des Bryant. Should he make it back to the field by week one? Uh, he will. Just just stop talking and you know sort of sign a contract, or you know show up and play for the. You know, nice little money that is a franchise tag. Uh, so I like, I like Tony Romo. If Des Bryant is out there, if Des Bryant's not out there, I don't like Tony Romo quite as much. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm really on the fence about this guy. I, I, I ranked him the highest I've ever ranked him in any year ever this year. I, I had him at nine, and I've since moved him down for the, our next set of tiers. I'll, I'll tell you right now, I got him down at twelve, which is where I really believe he, he should be. Um, without uh, a stud running back, uh, really threatening defensive lines, um, I don't think anybody's going to be tremendously scared about J- Joseph Randall, and definitely not of uh, Darren McFadden. No, no offense, I know you're a McFadden fan, D-Rex, but nobody's going to no, be afraid no of No offense those. ever on run DNP. His character is <laughs> He does not play. I do want him to do well, but... They're just... Uh, nobody's going to be afraid of that, of that running game, and maybe they will pass more, but it's... It's shown in the past that Romo does better with a really good running game, uh, the threat of a running game. Granted, he, he may have the best offensive line in football, and he probably won't be touched all that much, but he's getting older, all right? And it's, it's slowdown time for him, and I don't trust Terrence Williams to be incredible. I think he just got injured again in practice uh, sometime this last week. Um, Des Bryant is still holding out. I mean, he, he will be back, but we all know that it's never good for a player to be holding out before the, before the season never works out well. Uh, it's just I, I just can't see him working his way into the top ten this this year. Last year, I think he he maxed out what he was doing with what he had, and I just don't see it this year. Well, I mean, I had him ranked at number ten, and I, and I think he's you know if you if you move him back down to twelve, I think he's in that roaming in that territory. Yeah. But the thing that you get with Tony Romo is you get a guy who's competent in the offense that he's playing in. You get a guy that. It knows what chances he can and can't take. He, know, he does have the benefit of having one of the best offensive lines in football. You know, whether he has these running backs be a, a mishmash of whatever or they actually step up and start producing for him, the, the simple reality is that he's probably going to have to pass a little bit more. Uh, because you don't have a Demarco Murray there, who you're going to give the ball to three, you know, even between all these running backs, 345 times or whatever he had the ball last year. Yeah, well, one thing, so you know, you know, th- he's he he, so he'll be able to take his game to where it needs to go to be successful for them, and that'll be him passing more. You'll get more touchdowns. You'll probably get more interceptions as well. Um, the one thing we all think is, don't we all believe that Witten is going to have a better year than he had last year? So I think that helps him a little bit. Um, but I think he, I think Witten has to have a, a, a last year was, it was just terrible. Um, he, he had, but he's still on the decline. There's no doubt about yeah, that. No, he's not going to no, be the he's an old, old. He's an old timer. Well, I think the one thing also about Romo is the fact that you know we talked Tom Brady met with uh, the commissioner and 
before when we were doing our pre-show, you guys all thought, or at least uh, you thought, it was going to go down to two games. So I actually have Romo. you being stag party. <laughs> you, you. Stag party, sorry. Um, and I, I, So if that happens, obviously I'm bumping them up, because I got Brady at number 10 behind Romo, who I have at number 9. So we'll see. You know, I, I, it's all, obviously, I think Dez will be there week one. Um, I just do. I think a guy like that can't afford to start messing around with stuff. Still got a babysitter for Christ's sake, insane, insane talent. But um, you know, he's he can't start messing around with uh, negativity and his personality, and uh, it's just gonna hurt him money wise. So let's go to uh, tier five. We can do this tier, and then or would you guys rather do? Yeah, let's do this tier. This tier's got a lot of good stuff in it. Uh, tier five. This is gonna be quarterback eleven through fifteen. Tom Brady. Uh, is the first? Is he bumped up? If, he, if it's two games instead of four, yeah, how many times I mean, is he going? That he's probably in that previous tier at least, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah no doubt. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, if it's, I'd if, probably have him in like in tier three. If it's two games instead of four, I mean, it's it's still two games. Um, so I mean, you can't discount the, the the fact that he'll miss out on you know potentially you know forty points or so or something like that. Which can which can knock you down a little bit. I still think he's he'd be somewhere around 12, 11, 12. I don't I don't put him up as far as like nine, nine or ten. He ended up ninth in the league last year, and that's without missing games. So I mean, I don't think he could. Hey, I don't know. He might have missed those first four or five weeks. Yeah, it, it was that, it was, that be, was, it was bad. <laughs> People were trading that guy. Like, I got him off. I got him off, I got him off for a second round draft pick. And I, yeah, you know the story. I I told rookie pick. Him up off the waiver wire and then. Tried. We didn't know who dropped him. We just grabbed him the one week. And then we tried to trade him. We tried to trade him. And the guy was so pissed. Oh my god! It was like this, this like totally. (laughs) This text message back, like we had just literally raped his sister, and and it was just like, oh my god, this guy's not happy. What's going on? We looked. He was the one who dropped him. You jerks! Why would you do that? Uh, (laughs) Oh god, we don't rape women around here. Do you have any soup? Of course, sir. I'll uh, have the mess bring something right up. I love soup. I mean, I think I love soup. Son of a bitch and shells, either soup or duck. Which one do you shoot? Duck, sir. <laughs> Good times. All right, so Tom Brady. Let's talk about him. Let's talk about him a little bit. He's got the weapons this year. Is Vereen a big loss for him? Uh, what, do you, what do you guys anticipate? Amendola came on in the, in the last... Uh, regular season game, and then actually made some big plays for him in the playoffs and their Super Bowl run. Is he a viable opportunity? What What does their whole scheme look like right now? I, I think that because they're actually bringing back most of the, the same guys. I mean, Amendola, LaFell, um, Edelman obviously is going to be there, and even a couple other guys that uh, you know know the system and have been there a couple years may even have a chance to to break into you know some action there. And, and Aaron Dobson. Or uh, Brian Timms or, or, or Josh Boyce, and they added a Brandon Gibson, which isn't a terrible slot guy or something like that. That's not a terrible <laughs> thing. Um, but I, I, I don't, I really don't think that losing Vereen is that big of a deal because they run a scheme, and the way that they've always run their offense is based on scheme. It's it's almost there's interchangeable parts as we've all seen with their running backs. They can throw anybody in the in their running back slot, and he's gonna get. Ten touchdowns and run for you know twelve hundred yards if the, if he doesn't fumble his way out of the starting gig, um, so it's more scheme based and I think Brady will be fine with with all of it. I don't think it's a, a big deal either way. Uh, he just can't. I mean, the, it, the four games obviously kills him. That's really just the main point with him. 
fits yeah. me. I mean, if it gets to two games, I think it becomes much more viable. True. Because, you know, again, here's the thing about, again, you're right, it's system. This team is built to win championships. They just won a championship. Tom Brady is not, not a spring chicken, you know, so... How many more years do you have left out of him? You want to get maximize every year out of it to try to get championship after championship. So, you know, and they do right, and and so you're right. They can move all the different pieces around. They have it running back, but that's why I think he's still a strong play because now he's getting more chemistry with the guys that he had out there. He's got another year with Brandon LaFell. He's got Danny Amendola, who maybe he can finally start to do something with him. You know, Gronkowski, who he obviously has an amazing rapport with and is going to be able to continue to grow on that end. So And is, I, and is healthy for the first time in, in ages uh, coming into a season. And the other thing that you always had that Belichick preaches and, and does and has there, it's competition for every job. So everyone's always going to be pushing to the best, and Brady helps to facilitate that as well. I, I, one of the bummers is that it's too bad because the scheme that they were using a few years ago, um, you know, b- b- before... Aaron went to jail mm-hmm. forever. Uh, was d- real dominant for him. I mean, that guy was could have been a top. You know, Brady could have been a, a top three to five quarterback for years to come if they were able to find somebody to make up for Aaron Hernandez. They tried with Tim Wright, and obviously they didn't see enough out of it to put him in that role. I don't know who's going to be playing that. You know, H back ish type of role this year. I don't know if they're going to use Devlin or if they're fullback a little bit in, in that role or to, or try and. Get Bolden in there a little bit, or maybe one of their bigger receivers. I don't, I don't know, but um, it's it, without that role right there, it takes him down that slot into the third tier, into the fourth tier. I don't see him ever really getting back into that first or second tier without that one little piece in that offense. That little piece right there, the Aaron Hernandez piece, really vaulted Brady up up the scale there. Without it, um, it's he's you know, I mean, he's he's still a viable starter for your team. Scott Chandler. Scott Chandler is actually not a terrible ad. You know, that's a big red zone Tim, guy. Tim Wright's gone. Yeah. So. You know, it's a big red zone guy. It's another they guy. I wish they still had Mankins. <laughs> yeah, of I mean, course they do. No, of course. Mean, Mankins is a top 10 offense line. I know he was giving headaches and Belichick was done with it. Well, it's just it's money. Well, Volmer's supposedly going to go on the PUP. But he's a good player. And we, they got nothing for Wright. Wright yeah. didn't do crap. Right. Um, right. 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 Uh, all right, let's talk about the next guy. I'm not, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. I think we're going into our is it our sixth or seventh season? I forget. Uh, they all blend together, but no question, Flacco is higher than we've ever had him in our lives. Um, sitting here at basically at twelve uh, right now, Flacco in tier five, and overall, dog, you and I have him at eleven, um, and then uh, Stags here at sixteen, and Houdini here at thirteen. Yep. What don't you trust about it? The, is it the strength of schedule or is it the Flacco's past stag party? Uh, a little bit of both. I just don't think Mark Trustman is the absolute quarterback whisperer. I think he's good. But Flacco's like, already awesome. If you yeah, got yeah, off to finish finishing 18th every year. He, <laughs> he, but Trustman made Josh McCown. Fifteen million dollars and extended his career by years. And then he just got a new choice. Josh McCown, who I mean, the guy—I don't think the guy ever threw for more than three hundred yards in a in a season in his career. <laughs> no, you know? I was going to say never over a thousand yards. Oh, That's yeah. a guarantee. But I mean, never. for him to be able to do that with a Josh McCown, I mean, this is—you're talking about the guy with the strongest arm in the entire league. 
Yeah, let's see it. Let's see it. Let's see. And let's see Justin Forsett catch seven yards to catch every time and just you know plod down the field and not be very good at receiving back. That in. was in that offense. This is a complete. No, he's a career offense. seven yards per catch. It's still that's that offense. It's other offenses. This is a very different offense than all of anything he's ever played in, for sure. I mean, his other offenses are what? I mean, he was at what Houston. Pure running game. This Baltimore, pure running game. This offense, very, very different than anything he's really played in. So you, you you can't just go off the pass with something like that. Can't go off the pass with Flacco. If you had gone off the pass, nobody would have ever tried using Josh McCown at anything. You know, but showing what Dressman could do, it made Josh McCown a viable option for, for Tampa Bay and the Navy is embarking on a top-secret mission code named Sleepy Weasel. I'm giving you a second chance. Something your father never had. You're the best of the best, Stopper. <laughs> I see regression in the offensive line. I, I see regression from the wide receivers, unless Perriman shows up. But I think he's going to be a late late bloomer. I don't think he's you know NFL-ready uh, per se this season. I don't think he's going to be great. I don't think he's going to be Torrey Smith. Uh, 2.0, get the exact same numbers as Torrey Smith. Uh, I think Steve Smith is older than he was last year. That's a true statement. Uh, uh, I, I think Dennis Pitta Deep still stuff. has you know a neck injury or a hip injury, or his whole body's probably shattered at this point. Um, yeah. And then I think Max Williams is a rookie tight end, and I think they've got rookies and youth everywhere else, and I just don't think that this can all cohesively mesh for a, to have a top ten season, I mean, I think he's a streamable option. I think he's one of the more solid backup quarterbacks in the league, and I just think that even if Trustman's the coordinator, that Harbaugh is gonna, you know, slow the offense down a little bit, you know, play ball control and play Baltimore Raven football. It's 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 not you know. Anything like that. It's Baltimore Raven football. This isn't the same division as it used to be either. I wouldn't say that Pittsburgh's defense is is all that anymore. Um, Cincinnati's, I don't think, is... I mean, it's been getting injured a time, you know, year after year and more and more. Uh, Burfick probably isn't going to be back in time for the start of the season. One of their corners is gone now. Um and the Browns, I mean, they're, I, mean, I guess they're okay, but they were never, you know, incredible in the first place. So the defenses in that division are even going down a little bit. So I think it just all adds up to Flacco being a little better than he was. And he's always, he always plays 16 games, and you know that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a beautiful thing. And he ended up 13th in, in points last year or something like that, didn't he? Yeah, but the, the, the beautiful thing is it's Trustman's offense. Trustman, you can say that he's going to be running. They'll, they'll run the zone blocking when they run the ball, which is not very often in a Trestman offense because he loves to operate out of the shotgun. So there's if, if that becomes the case, then he's going to be primed for a lot more yards in passing. And, and, and he's a very accurate deep passer in a Perryman. Probably can, the most. Can do, can do that one skill. You know, look what it did for Mike Wallace when he, when he jumped onto the scene. Perryman uh, is dropping balls already, which is kind of just like, a bummer. He's already in the OTAs. Like he's kind of making some drops. So the, the the news and the worry about him in college is following him into the pros, which is a a, a bummer. Uh, but we'll see. At the end of the day, Flacco is higher than we ever had. But the, also, I think that we're probably higher onto him than some other people. Maybe I'm wrong. 
Tressman, what that can bring. But at the same time, I think he's going to go lower for what you can get for him. Value pick at QB. Told me to speak with the old one. He is wise in the ways of such things. The Navy really needs you. Great helium. <laughs> Tell us, Houdini, what are we uh, what are we listening to here, buddy? Hot shots. Hot shots. Is it, why are we doing this? It's a progression of, uh, you got to tell. Well, we, we've gone from airplane to airplane two uh, and to now to hot shots. And so one of the prominent people in airplane and airplane two, <laughs> who has been uh, our, our character on, on the, uh, uh, the logo for the podcast, is uh, the, the, uh, Lloyd Bridges. And so this is his character, Admiral Benson, who is probably the best character that he ever did. And uh, there's a lot of good Admiral Benson stuff. So was that him on the helium right no, there? No, no, that's that's there's also Charlie Sheen in this movie. So that's uh, Charlie. That was Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm gonna have to come across this on some late night cable at some time. It's been an eon since I watched this movie. But uh, amen. What was the intro and outro music? Well, we're going. Uh, it's Reuben Wilson. So uh, one of the uh, great jazz organists uh, of all time, and uh, we opened with Snaps. And we will be closing with Groove, what is it, Groove Grease. Groove Grease. I mean, think about that. That's, that's, that sounds good. All right, already. Groove Grease. Groove Grease. Anytime Groove Grease is around, uh, it's, it's a good time. Let's get into the next quarterback. Number 13, tier 5, Matthew Stafford. My, how the, uh, that man has just fallen. Remember the last two years ago and three years ago, that was like a first rounder. Uh, the talent's still there. The weaponry is still there. It's probably more weaponry than before, but he just can't seem to get it done. Why are uh, why are we so not bullish on Matthew Stafford? Well, I, you know what? It's it's difficult to say because last year he actually had his highest uh, completion percentage, I think, in his career. But no, it wasn't second highest. Second highest to, to that great season he had in two thousand eleven. Oh, okay, but I mean, he did, uh, he did throw the fewest interceptions. I think in his career, plus sixteen games. Yeah, yeah. When he actually played. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many qualifiers do we need? Class staff. Yeah. But which, which he had, he had kind of gotten past that. But, yeah. Uh, Four straight sixteen yard or sixteen game seasons. Yeah, yeah, and he has got yeah he's definitely gotten past uh, his injury woes from early on in his career. But I mean, it's strange. I mean, Calvin Johnson's getting older, and as you know. Almost figured he would get a little bit injured last year. It was a new offense. They wanted to tone it back and and uh, keep him from making mistakes. They're going to open it up a little bit more this year, so he should have a better season. And I don't think it's a terrible strength of schedule for him. I'm, I'm not entirely positive on that. Um, so, I mean, he, to be quite honest, it's very possible he ends up better than our ranking at this point. Um, I'm interested to see what's hap- what happens uh, early August, once the pads go on, and once the teams start playing some real ball out there, uh, I'm interested to see it, you know just how much the progression of that offense takes hold, and if he's able to up his game because of it. Well, and, and again, it, it's an offense that's not as pass happy as it was when he was in Jim Schwartz uh, as the head coach. But the other thing is that even when he's had every opportunity to, with Calvin Johnson, young in prime Calvin Johnson, he has not taken advantage. Of his opportunities, so to, to build off of that great season that he had. I mean, how many years ago was that? Now was it 2011? Uh, so that's a long time ago in, in football in football terms. So the reason why I got him sitting at like number 12 is because again, I know what I'm going to get right now. 
I don't. I'm not banking on banking on any chance for him to get into that top five or anything at this point in time. But at the same time, he's just not a guy that's going to fall that far deep. He's going to give you what he's going to give you. So you got a, you know a decent producer. Well, the strength schedule is 12, so it's it's on the top end of it, uh, top half. You know, it's I don't know what to think. I, hopefully, he can, if he stays healthy, and let's say that the drop off for Tate isn't terrible, and the progression for Ebron is okay, and uh, Calvin Johnson's healthy all season. There's not a guy that's got as uh, that kind of weaponry, especially if, as we're all so high on Amir um, and, and what he might be able to bring out of the running game. It could be. It's almost a good thing. It seems like that's been a team almost going back to 2010 that was like on the cusp. They were supposed to get better, and they were gonna, and they kind of started to a little bit for a couple of years there. Now you know, Saw's gone. Now all this stuff, but. Maybe now that they're kind of under the radar is a season in the North. I don't NFC North. It's not. I don't think it's that great of a division. I know other people might d- disagree with Packers, but maybe it's a perfect year for them to be under the radar and actually just kind of come back and be an explosion. I don't want Stafford for it, but I like some of these other guys. Well, but Stafford, for that reason, for how he has been over the last few years, maybe all these things do line up for him. No, no one is really going to be reaching for Stafford in draft. So if you want to play the, the strategy... He always goes of, higher than he should, though. Yeah, well... His ADP is never a value. he's got a hot wife. Did yeah. he which one, yeah. which he one did. of them doesn't have a hot wife? I, I don't know, but it's, it's going to be a good life to be an NFL quarterback and just chase the prettiest tail on the planet. I don't think Peyton Manning's wife's all that. Uh, uh-huh. Neither of them. Yeah, neither. Neither. Or Eli. Yeah. What? Let's be honest. I don't care about their... Come on, honey. Your vagina smells so good. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting laid I don't, until you win a Super Bowl. Oh, crap, I might be a while. <laughs> hey, <you got> <laughs> hey, come on. You get, you get Brady hate all the time. Every once in a while. He got I'll one. He got one against our team, too. I know. It sucked. Yeah. Um, no, it's true. I remember Stafford's girlfriend at that point from Georgia. Uh, back on the yeah, good times. Bortles, you're doing that. well. <laughs> Obviously, Brady's doing pretty well. Russell Wilson's got him. The only one, one nice yeah, one. she's nice. Well, he's dating. Hill, did you say Tannehill? Because he's got a, he's got a nice one. one has got the worst one. RG three. Oh my god! Really? He must. That, no wonder he throws into coverage all the time. He's got poor eyesight. His, <laughs> his wife. <laughs> his wife, and he's just like. I mean, oh, gr- good grief. I wouldn't let Houdini's cock fuck her. I'm sure she's a very nice person. <laughs> Terrific. All right. Pete, dead meat Thompson is dead. So is Mo Green, Titalia, Arzini. They heads of all the five families. <laughs> all right. Where are, we, where are we taking this next? Where are we taking this train to? I mean, we could try it like Stafford. To take it to the end zone, because uh, they were great in the open field last season, they just couldn't convert touchdowns. It, it was like pathetic it, their yeah. red zone percentage. So if they can correct that and throw some more touchdowns, uh, he can provide a value uh, and sort of you know push past his ranking. But I just don't see a huge improvement with this kind of reined in a little bit offense. But I still think he's going to throw it probably 625 times 
uh, again. Well, he threw six oh two last season, but I, I see that going up this season. Okay. And I think there's seven fifteen one time like three years ago. Seven twenty seven. Seven twenty seven. That is the best. Targets, touches, and looks. I mean, he just flew off the page. His numbers oh, yeah. there. Let's talk about the next guy. We mentioned his wife. Uh, she's a AK-47, leaving in the car, rental, toting, uh, lovely woman, and that's Tannehill. Uh, Ryan Tannehill supplanting himself as a top 15 guy, sitting there at number 14. Favorable strength schedule again? It's right in the middle. I think it's yeah. like 18 maybe. This is 15. like one of the guys that we have a really pretty good consensus on between rankings 12 and 14. Yeah, what, I, I think for my next one, I might move move him up a slot. They say he's really improved his long ball, which is obviously a very good thing. But they have nobody to go long anymore. So I mean that that kind of why? Takes back. What's his, uh, the fellow from New Orleans? Kenny Stills. Stills. Why does everybody yeah, hate Kenny Stills' long well. game? I, I, I everybody know. hates Kenny Stills' long game. Like it was I pretty good. It was Breeze. Yeah, I mean, and Breeze doesn't have a rocket anymore either. He never did. No, but, but he was always pinpoint accurate. Yeah, yeah, he's always been a good long ball. He, he could always, like, the ball would be snapped and he'd throw it 20 yards down the field and the guy would just run right under it. Yeah. Like, Robert Meacham was the king at that for a oh while. Yeah. Oh, don't get who any started. Yeah, he's, already, he's, already, he's, already ru- he's already rubbing his The pants. W. Bain's driving me crazy right now. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best. That was the Meacham guy. Meacham is year on one, Meacham. Year one, Houdini went in before, before he was joined the Pyro Podcast and, uh, God bless you for joining it, because we would never be here at one or two without you. But he came in and he's like, who's going to be my player this year? Who's going to be my player? (laughs) (laughs) Robert Meacham. my player. That really blew up. Six months of Meacham posturing Mm. and posturing and all this. And then by the midst of you, you're like, "Uh, I hate that guy. He's terrible. I was wrong. Uh, and I did the next year. I did the same thing with Kaepernick. I did well that first year with Tebow. It paid off. Kaepernick for me a year later. Garbage. Indicated defensive arsenal in the D and perhaps negative C categories. There's also a nest of anti-aircraft and Nagajina squadrons. They can send up an ACAC umbrella high enough to make any attack ineffective. Might not have a clue what you're talking about, Phil. Not a fucking clue. I have a shell the size of a fist in my head. Pork chop, you know. The only way I can get this goddamn tube to stay on is by magnetizing the entire upper left quadrant of my skull. So you just go ahead and do what you do. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I don't know what I'm talking about with that stuff. So yeah. there you go. You just it's do what, happened, do it's what you happened do. before many times. I don't have a clue. Mostly on this show. <laughs> All right. So yeah, Ryan Tannehill's been a steady improver. And last season, you know, finished as a top 10 guy based on, uh, you know, a stretch at the end of the season where he threw for like. Oh, almost sixteen hundred yards in four games, yep. and just lit it up. Uh, but besides that, he was pretty average. I think Ryan Tannehill's. Uh, I I don't want him as my starter every week and expect to start him every week, and that's just how I'll put it. He's sort of a matchup play for me. Uh, I don't know if he'll be able to match last season's rushing numbers. Again, they went up a little bit, but. I think he's going to stay right in the 300 rushing yard range. Uh, hey, maybe he sneaks in a couple more into the end zone. Uh, the the real question is, can they fix this offensive line? Because it was terrible after Brandon Albert went out. Uh, yep. And they're sort of going in with the same you know mindset, uh, same sort of core guys. So if Brandon Albert can come back healthy, they're going to be... You know, middle of the road, maybe, maybe a little bit plus. But without him, this unit is struggle city. Uh, besides that, 
You're looking for some things. He's got a, a totally new cast of characters around him. He lost four of his f- f- top five receivers uh, from last season. So hopefully these guys are meshing right now, even though Devontae Parker's not allowed to mesh right now because he's in a you know, walking boot for the next six weeks. Uh, besides that, you got to think about it. I, I just... I just don't love Ryan Tannehill. I don't think I'll ever be a guy that loves Ryan Tannehill and like stake my claim to a Ryan Tannehill. I think he's a good option from week to week, but if he's my starter on a weekly basis, I'm generally concerned about my starting QB. Yeah, I would. I would definitely be as well because um, he doesn't. He, he'll give you a couple of big games, but he won't give you uh, consistently above average games, which is at least what you want as your starter. You don't want to go four straight games putting up below average numbers. That's just not good for a starting you know, combination for you. But the fact of the matter is that guy is an athlete and a half. And he is smart. And he knows what he's doing. Smart is a relative term, especially after that uh, that uh, test. Uh, what, what's the test? Wonderlic? Yeah, the Wonderlic test. <laughs> he right. didn't, so well, he didn't know like all the teams in the divisions or something oh, yeah. like that. You remember that? Um, anyway, but he he is meshing right now. He is playing very well. Here. Him and Cor- uh, Jordan Cameron are just lights out together. Um, and he's, I don't know, he's, he seems like a motivated kid. Uh, to switch from a wide receiver to a QB and to be doing this well already, says it says a lot about his character. It says a lot about his ability to learn um, on the fly. So, I mean, I, I, like, I like the pieces they actually put around him. Um, I like. I don't. I did not like Mike Wallace with him. That's like. I think it was the exact opposite type of guy they need there. Uh, so getting rid of Wallace, I think, is a bonus for him. Um, I think these other guys, especially having a veteran like a Greg Jennings there, is a really good thing for him. I think he stays right in that range, right in the uh, you know t- t- nine, ten, eleven, twelve range. Uh, you know, at the end of the year, I think that's where you'll see him. I, I think it's, it's. I don't see him being a guy that has really a chance to, to make a major step. Toward the top five at all? No. The reason being for me that. is again, harking back to the whole, it's all new guys that he's playing with. So it's it's a whole new set of continuity that he needs. Now he also has a, a very difficult strength of schedule. So you you compound that to it, and it's a guy that I think you're building toward. Like he will be a much better quarterback next year. He'll probably have a much more favorable schedule, and on top of that. He's going to have another a full year of playing with these guys and really getting them into the system. And but now he really has the chance to be the complete leader of, of that team. They got rid of Mike Wallace, the cancer in the clubhouse, yeah. and are going to allow Tannehill to have his voice without having to worry about it being questioned behind his back. And so, you know, it'll be interesting to see. And this will be one of those guys too that I wouldn't. If you're going to target him, I think you target him more later in in the, in the season because. He needs that time to kind of really grow with all these guys and kind of get to that comfort level where they have good chemistry, where you can start making the Drew Brees-type passes or Phillip Rivers-type passes that are just completely anticipatory. You are supposed to be in this spot. I am throwing the ball to that spot. You be in that spot. Hey, well, I mean, Kenny Stills is coming from a system where there was something like that. So he's got that on his side. Uh, He did build a great rapport with uh, Jarvis Landry. Last year, mm-hmm. obviously, we saw, we saw what they had together. Like I said, him and Jordan, Jordan Cameron are doing very well. And granted, uh, Devontae Parker may not be playing right now, but he is a talent and a half. Yeah. And he will be and he will be back for game one. He probably won't be starting. He won't be playing that much at the beginning of the season. But you're right, second half of the season, I could really see some 
especially out of that kid. Like he, like last year. Last year he really turned it on. Ended up in the top ten. That's impressive, you know, for a kid who was working with Brian Hartline and, and uh, the cancer of the NFL right now. Yep. Nice. Let's move on to. Um, should we go to right? Let's just. Oh no, Bradford. We got one more. Tier five. Uh, QB fifteen. Sammy Bradford hasn't uh, been able to play uh, with uh, with any real action going on, but he's playing a lot of catch with the, with the wide receivers. Are you nervous? Yes. About him. Yes. yes. I, I don't even know how to say it. I don't even know how to say it. Yes, we're all nervous, right? I mean, is there anybody that thinks they're going to be going in this season with Sammy Bradford uh, as, as, as a well, guy they're riding? It, it, Staggs does because in, in his streaming of quarterbacks, he feels that he's going to be able to wait uh, in for Sam Bradford, which I think you're right. You will be able to do that. But he's not. It's a guy that you're you're betting on the potential of the position with the system. And that system of Chip Kelly in Philadelphia produces points. If you're able to to be a competent quarterback, you're going to score quality points. And for that amount of points, where you're getting him value-wise in the draft, he becomes someone that, that that's definitely very interesting to, to consider. Tell us about this man. Uh, I don't care about the player at all. I just care that he plays the uh, QB position for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I mean, that's all I care about. Whoever it is, is probably going to be right around QB12 in my rankings. Uh, He's going to be one of my guys I like to stream because they run so many plays. They're going to get so many attempts, and they've got a load of talent, and it's just worked out for them over the last two years. And I believe in Chip Kelly more than I believe in Sam Bradford, and that's just all I'll say about it. You know what I believe in? Val Verdes! You know, I've personally flown over 194 missions, and I was shot down every one. <laughs> Come to think of it, I'd never land on a plane in my life. You <laughs> didn't oh, really land it on there, buddy. <laughs> that was freaking funny. Lloyd <laughs> Bridges, baby. Has Sam Bradford ever made it through a season in his life? Like, <laughs> that's a that's definitely a problem. He's like the boy in the bubble. I guarantee you at home, I don't know if he's married or not. We know he's got a ton of money, so his house is dope as hell. But he probably can't do anything. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go garden. No, no, we do not want that hacksaw to go through your foot today. Yeah, I'm going to dust this this uh, cabinet. No, no, something will fall on your head. From the Pentagon, sir. We just decoded it. Oh, good. Here, help me with this. My eyes are ceramic. A bazooka round, a little big one. The one without the Indians. <laughs> uh, listen, Bra- Bradford Staggs loves this movie. Hot shots. Talent-wise, Sam Bradford is one of the best in the NFL. I think everybody knows that. There's no doubt about it. Um, his, he's accurate as hell. Uh, when he's uh, when he's healthy, he could be mobile. Um, he can put the ball anywhere. He can make any single throw. He's a good read. He, he's a, he's good at reading defenses. Um, so th- there's no doubt that when healthy, he is going to be a startable quarterback for your fantasy team, without a doubt. It's just choosing the two games that he's going to be healthy for this year. <laughs> and that's that's the problem. And uh, I mean, listen, I, I love the kid. I've always loved the kid. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of his. And I really hope that he gets back and he's able to play a full season. Because if he does, no doubt in my mind that guy's a top 10 fantasy quarterback, if not top 6 or 5. Everybody, I mean, Nick Foles showed... 
that you can be a top five, top six quarterback in this league in that system. So Bradford could definitely do it. Right. He's not a guy that you want to draft as your starting quarterback, but I think he's a great guy to draft as your backup because if he has one of those one or two games in the first two or three games of the season, now you actually have trade value. And then you just need to move him before the Or he actually does finally buck the trend of his previous four or five years in the league and plays through it and is everything we expect. And it's just kind of that that serendipitous, uh, you know, sold his soul to the devil type of season finally. Hell, we all know he's made enough money. It's time for him to earn one season. Sure. Maybe it is this one. Maybe it is this system. Maybe it is with all that talent. And, uh, you know, stranger things have happened. And uh, we all think the guy's got the talent. He can get the ball and distribute the, the touch and the accuracy off the charts with this system could mean big things. So I agree. If you can get that guy, it's like your QB2, and I'm all for drafting my second quarterback not too long after my first, If I'm even if I'm waiting, just to kind of get, you know, double up on that. I think Brady's the kind of guy I can see being a QB2 for me a little bit later. Uh, you know, I've, I've said before on this podcast, Wilson's a guy I've been able to get for the last two years as my second quarterback. You really never late, and be he dominated left. both years. You never want to be left without a quarterback. So I understand. What but even this is like a more of like a secretive kind of like pro preemptively like I think I'm going to probably trade this guy, but not having you know going after my second quarterback like literally thinking I'm trying to move him if. If it all works out, like maybe we talk about Bradford, maybe with Brady last year. If it does, then you can move him, and it's a guy you're picking in the 10th, 11th round, and you're getting uh, maybe a, a running back, too, for it. Because you don't ever want to be left without a quarterback. If you're that team that's left without a quarterback, that's why you have people that are looking Got to it. trade. You with were you. talking about the flip side. Yeah. Sorry. Two things Sorry. to say. Right. Two, two things to say. First, I think that Philly actually probably has the best stable of running backs in the entire league. Yeah. Oh, Fair yeah. enough. And, and Fair which enough. which oh, yeah. definitely helps out that passing no game. Doubt. I'm trying it's to think up. if I can even consider one to dispute you with, no, just for the sake of argument. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe just AP and McKinnon. Nah, I'd say it's more more like uh, Ingram, Ingram and Spiller. Uh, maybe a yeah. Charles, no chance. Charles Murray, Matthews, and Sproles. No, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, no, it's, no it's, I'm not it's, saying they're yeah. better, but they're the yeah. only ones that are in the discussion. But I mean, that definitely helps out the passing game. You got it keeps defenses honest. Um, it's it, they have to play run run blitzes. You can't just go all out because those guys will take it to the house. So I mean, that's I mean that's a beautiful thing for them. Second, I'm just thinking, looking at, at some of these guys we've mentioned here. If you want to wait. And this, I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm going to have to try and do this in a mock draft and see if it works out because I think I may like it. If you want to wait on QBs <laughs> until like round 12, 10, 10, 11, 12, I think you can maybe get later on a Bradford. I think people will skip over Joe Flacco. I think people will be skipping over Carson Palmer. So we'll talk about him. Kaepernick. There's guys to be had late there that if you, Griffin, Cutler, all those guys, those are guys that you actually could stream. Throughout an entire season, and you could stockpile those guys later on and just pile up on running backs and, and wide receivers, and uh, you know, maybe even get the best tight end in the league if you wanted to. If you have that strategy, these guys, those guys I just mentioned, all have the potential to put up massive numbers any single week, no doubt about it. Here's the one thing I'm gonna say the reason why I can't stream this is just personal, this is me, this is the way I run teams, and the way that I when I have too many choices, like sometimes walking out of a draft and crushing it like we all do, it's almost your worst enemy because you've got true. so much talent. You're sitting there every week, and it's like you're looking, you're getting all the news, and it's just it drives you bonkers 
There's too much to play here. Um, I am of the mindset that streaming quarterbacks for me, streaming tight ends for me, which I know is a, is a huge thing for you, Stag Party, I can't do it because what I ends up happening is I play the one dude and I'm like, yes, yes. And then the other guy blows up and I want to literally jump off the Golden Gate Bridge. And I can I make the wrong call. So that's what I'm going to say about it. Does that happen to you? Does yeah. it, do you just always make you just the gotta, right? You just gotta fucking own it. <laughs> so if you fuck sure. it up, you're, you're, you're yeah. just like... I mean, you just gotta have... It's like you're betting on it, and it's... See, I'm not a better. I'm not a gambler, so that's it. Well, I'm well, not a gambler. Well, for me, it's I It's an never, educated bet. It is. You're always using all your right, all the factors. It's like it's like uh, betting on a horses, right? You're, you're looking at all the different ways that you can handicap the, 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 the choice of this horse on this track, in this weather, you know, against this field, blank, blank, blank. Same type of thing that's going on here. But I understand where you're coming from, D-Race. Right? I'm switching, dude. Because, because did I, you, you know. Get, did you get over an old, uh, an old bad? Addiction to gambling on at the horse track. Yeah, you know it's like it's, it comes back whenever I start talking about it. So <laughs> that goddamn one one horse, I'll, I'll kill him. Uh, anyway, things so, feel so different. Yeah, you know when you, when you have these these type of situations, I can maybe lose my train of thought. So <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about um, gambling and be, oh, no, understanding yeah. where it's like you want to have the, you don't want to have to choose between two guys that are close. You'd rather sell off all your other ones and have the best starting lineup possible. You know, so that you know this is the guy that I'm going with every week and it's just a solid It helps me. Regard. It helps me. I, I understand that, you know. So, you know, but at the same time too, it's like I'm not in any leagues that allow streaming because I don't have weekly pickups and if they do, I'm a person that doesn't have a type of job where I'm able just to be sitting on a computer and trolling on the wires until, you know, said time that you can do it or What are you, you trying know? to say about my job? <laughs> <laughs> well no, my leagues don't have it. Remember, I have one private redtube.com. And the other ones are all keeper leagues or dynasty leagues and so those have like just a set time that you have to have it in by on one day of the week. So those are like I don't have, you know, maybe, maybe I guess I could stream in that one, but it's usually those are like it's like a fourteen team league. It's it's really difficult to try to stream any type of quarterbacks unless you're in like a ten team league. I think it's. Can I ask a question? This is like, if I don't know this, maybe someone was. How does how is streaming the vernacular for this whole fantasy football? It's a good picking, question. Picking things up, I don't even know how does why, streaming. Why work? is it that uh, when you're texting like a whole group, it's called a thread? You know, it's just a I know that I just know that one from ages ago. A thread is like you know a common thread that we use between everything. Every other way, D Rex thinks that the microphone turns into a video camera <laughs> half the time throughout the show. Oh uh, yeah, the amount of arm doing. movements and that's <laughs> just the way I talk. I move it when I talk. He does. Houdini does too. <laughs> Stag party's been out in the sun all day over there. We're trying to keep him awake. <laughs> Many of you are wondering what's wrong with my pants. Well, they started running short of material right before they got to the knees, so don't give me any shit. <laughs> don't give me any shit. <laughs> nice. Um, all right, let's go on to uh, let's go on to tier number six here. Uh, we'll, would you guys rather skip that one and go to seven? No, let's talk about tier six. And we'll skip seven. You guys cool with that? Unless streaming, you... go with the flow. Of the uh, no one, no one. Not, no, it looked like they didn't have let's, an answer. Let's talk about seven. Seven. Seven's fine with me. Let's talk about seven. It's a good number. Okay. Because the main guy I want to talk about here is Carson Palmer. Okay, yeah. you guys love him. Okay. <laughs> Tier seven. This is QB20 through QB24. So we skipped over four guys in Tier six, and there are some good players there, but 
We're going to talk about these next guys, and then we'll kind of breeze through maybe a couple other, and let's move over to tight end. Go oh. for it, Carson Palmer. Is that knee healthy? Yeah, he's getting there. It's an ACL tear, so right around the beginning of the season, he'll be back, and that's all that really matters. You don't care what he's doing right now. He knows the offense. The pieces are essentially exactly the same, and, you know, he played more than okay last season. And yet people are ranking him at like 22, and it's it's pretty crazy. Uh, the thing I like about Carson Palmer, he's, been, he, he's <laughs> been in the offense. Now, now what's this is his third year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got the weapons. John Brown's got a vertical field stretcher. Uh, you know, Larry Fitzgerald has one of the best catch percentages in history. And Michael Floyd is an enigma who could be very good or... Could be whatever's on the bottom of my shoe right now, uh, but those are. <laughs> Stop! He's checking where, where you were today, buddy. My carpet. <laughs> he's checking. Out. So the, there's there's something. Glad to see you're not wearing socks with your sandals or low. That was foot. one time. One time. That was such a cute look. I want you to come every week like that. Let me let me give some counterpoint here to Carson Palmer because you and I don't have him ranked as high as I'm lowest. Yeah, you have about what twenty seven, and he's gonna if, he, if healthy every game, he's gonna be much better than that. And I agree. You see, you know, he's a top twenty guy for sure. Well, I I think what happens with a guy like Palmer, he'll, I'll never draft him. He's never gonna be on any of my teams. So effectively, maybe I over instead of thinking where I think he could finish in sixteen games, I move him too far down because he's got talent. They're one of the best teams in the league. Their defense can get the ball back to him all the time. He should be higher than twenty-seven. There's no question well, about it. I don't. I don't know. See, I have. But I, just 20, don't I have him at twenty-three. And here's my thing. You know, he, the injury potential for him is high. Okay, that's that's regardless. Number one, it's out there. Number two, yeah, it's his third year in the offense. And, and granted, in the first two years, or actually no, in the first year of the offense, he threw for over four thousand yards. So he's only done that, you know, twice since uh, two thousand eight. So, and they were back-to-back seasons that he did that. So you were looking at Palmer and saying, oh, you can see the progression. But what's the one thing that he doesn't do? He doesn't throw touchdown passes. you got Larry Fitzgerald there. He's only thrown more than 30 touchdown passes once in his career. That, 2005, yeah. Yeah, 2005. Dude. Okay, so this is a guy who throws usually 24, 22, 26 touchdowns. This is not a guy that, that you can get that excited about, and especially when you add his inability to get away from any type of a rush, not be able to move inside of the pocket. He exposes himself. He's older, and you know that he doesn't. Have, you're talking about character I'm guys. I'm older. I expose no, no. myself. But you're talking about people. You're talking about How character guys, know? right? Is he a character guy? Is he the guy that you that you just want to go to war with? I don't think his so. His teammates. Great argument. Yeah, I like it. No, dog, you just moved him. To, you just moved him down <laughs> to automatic <laughs> rankings by no, no points. chance. No chance, dude. As a matter of fact, that strengthened it. Thirty TDs only once. He's, he's ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, that actually strengthened it. Go ahead, Stick Hardy. Tell him why. Hey, Houdini, what? How many touchdowns did the QB number fifteen throw last season? Well, let me let me let me go take a look. The answer is twenty-two. Don't, don't waste your time. Matthew Stafford threw twenty-two. So it doesn't at this point. If you're looking for a quarterback between who's got high upside and at you know QB eighteen or so, you could do much worse than Carson Palmer. Seventeen. How does the old brittle guy become a guy with upside? 17.3 fantasy points a game was, in games he started in last In games season. he started. 
He's still the brittle old guy. He was a top 12 quarterback in the league. He was slowly off to the best start he's had in his career last that. year. He was on pace for a 30, almost 30 touchdowns. Tuffy Rhodes would have been something. the greatest baseball player of all time if you based everything off of his first game as a Cub. <laughs> hey, that's a fact. <laughs> hey, he was the be- he's the best player that ever played in uh, Japan. He's one of them. Really? Yeah, yeah he, he has, has like the really? second most home runs ever in Japan. That's awesome. Next to like Sakura over They were going nuts for him. Houdini, once up. Fast. Once Carson Palmer gets injured, can you start another quarterback? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, so there's the thing called. But the problem is, I'm drafting Carson Palmer as my that. backup. So if I'm actually already starting Carson Palmer, that's a bad sign for my team then because I need to then go dipping again for another quarterback. I kind of agree. You know, second, if I on a QB Draft two, I want a guy that's not injury prone. Because if my QB one does get injured, and then I got a brittle QB two, it's Trub City. So one ACL tear makes a guy no 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 nobody he had a, he had another ACL major knee like issue. six years ago yeah no, that was even longer ago but that's not one so let's not say it's one he's done he's had multiple. recently recent okay. recent injury multiple. history is how the many have you had matters. in your life none okay, how many have you had in your life ACLs none how many have you had none in your life? none. He's got two. Case closed. I'll make a different argument. You're, you're, you're younger, so you, you don't have, you, you still think everything is all positive. Carson Palmer's even older, you know, so he's getting to that point where he, it's, got, it's got a lot more it's on his mind. It is at moments like these, my dear friends, we must ask ourselves how can this not be part of some larger plan? Do good men like Dead Meat Thompson just blink out one day like a bad bug? I mean, one minute you're in bed with a knockout gal or guy, and the next you're a compost heap. Doesn't that bother any of you? Because it scares the living piss out of me. I think it scares the piss out of Carson Palmer, too. I love the way he's like, or guy. (laughs) (laughs) Gal, or guy. So how old is Carson? 35. 35. I have a question. So you guys would rather take, and I'm, I'm just looking at the numbers here, you'd rather take two... Two separate rookies. You would rather take either Winston or Mariota over Carson Palmer. We've proven year after year, time after time, that rookie QBs just don't do it, unless you're Andrew Luck. You just don't do it. You would rather take those guys over Carson Palmer in in Bruce Arians' offense with that firepower around him. Yes, I'm I'm taking James Winston over him all the way because of Mike Evans. Because because Winston for sure. Mike Evans because of Vincent Jackson because of all strength the schedule strength of schedule yeah I'm, I mean, I'm taking Winston over the guy over, the guy's over guy's going to concert he's gonna play like sixteen games I like I like Winston is he either? I mean it's not the Tresman offense anymore either I don't know guys it's just I I, I just not gonna there's no way I'll draft Carson Palmer as my starter and like I said I'm not gonna draft my second uh, QB has to have major upside and what ifs not a guy that I know is definitely gonna miss eight to nine games. She's not the guy I'm going. And again, I know that if he scores six. So now we're calling eight to nine games missed for Carson Palmer. What's the trend? Do an average of how many games the guy misses over the last soon, last five years. Do it right now. It's about that. In 2009, he played in 16, 16, 10, 15, 16. So and then last year with the six. But the five years before that is, you know, an average of what, 14 a game? 14 a year? And then he, missed six, he had one seven, season seven in 2008, and then besides that, 16, 16, 16, 14. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the other thing. Okay, you want to talk about Bruce Arians' offense, right? So in Bruce Arians' offense, in a total of 22 games played, he's been sacked 50 times. That's okay. more than two, twice a game. 
This is like that. See, I, so that, here's another thing: is the older tech. guy. Have you that, ever seen him look good? He, he looked, looked good all last season. Last year he looked good. Okay, you're other than that, yeah, no, I understand. He's the eye test. He's when I watch that guy play, I'm like, these are some of the worst plays I've ever seen, and it's true. Hey, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for it. It's true. When I when I watch the guy, I'm like, how does this guy made? He even said before he got when he got before he got traded from the Raiders, like, I'll retire. I got 120 million in the he bank. He did. Yeah, he he pretty much retired to what game six and then showed up there. And then they traded him. I still, I think he's still retired. That's true. Yeah, that ten wasn't even injury based. That was, yeah, it wasn't injury based. So he's basically, that's, a, I mean, except for last year, it only missed that one season because of injury back in 08 for the Bengals. Other than that, he's been 16 throughout pretty much. It's a, he's not an injury prone guy. It's just he's a little he's older dead. now, and he happened he's to dead. be injured I, last year. I might just think that you know again. He's just a guy, though, that the, the age has caught up to him more than it has. You know, he's not a Tom Brady of the world. He's not a he's not a Peyton Manning. So in week three, we're all like, ah, oh, Palmer. Time I'm, I'm with you on that. He, he I, I agree with that. He was uh, the number one you, pick, though. Would, you love Winston. You're not going to take Winston over uh, a Palmer. No, 17.3 fantasy points a game in a proven offense. Like things I've seen him do, Carson Palmer, and. The way I know Ricky's rookie struggle, I did it again. Ricky, 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 Ricky. 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 The way I know Ricky struggle, uh, I might as well go with the proven commodity who I think is going to be great in the offense. And then I, I know when I'm not going to play him. I'm not going to play him against any of the NFC West teams. But then yeah. when they play the other teams, I'm going to get probably like 20 fantasy points because they're just going to light it up. And that San Fran D isn't all, isn't all that anymore Especially either. Especially on the back end. And, I mean, you're going to take a Lovey Smith quarterback over anybody? I am. I am. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. As exactly. oh, over, not over anybody. Thanks for the championship. I'm just saying Palmer. Um, but I would, and I, I would did, take I just, Mariota to be honest over Palmer. I, I, I would. Palmer's, Palmer on my tiers never ever do good. Ever. I know, but I, yeah. I'm not expecting to be good. But on my tiers, Palmer with the, the ones that I don't put out for the masses. And again, this this bites me in the ass. My love or hatred it does for all of us. But this is a guy that will not be in the quarterback slot on my tiers. There's just no way I'm going for him. Um, all right, let's go to the next guy in that tier seven. This is the 21st quarterback, and that's. The man with the beautiful white wife, RG3. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, interesting here. Um, he's always interesting. Yeah, he is. It's, uh, he's, he's kind of an anomaly. When he's in there and he's right, he kicks ass. He, ju- he just does. He's, he puts up a lot of points, a lot of fancy points. It's just, how often is he right? It's, he's got a great division to be able to do it within. Uh, that, that, that MC East, you could just throw all over the place, you could run all over the place, you could pretty much do whatever you want in that division. Um, that That's nice. And it's a high-scoring division, so they're going to need to score points. Um, he's got weapons. He's got, uh, you know, he's got Deshaun. He's got uh, Garcon. Um, I heard Niles Paul looks really good. I'm not even going to mention Jordan Reed. Um, I, I, By not mentioning him, you mentioned him. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand that. But, uh, <laughs> We're not streaming, or, or this isn't a thread. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about anymore here. Uh, but RG3, I mean, listen, if he play, if he gets the 16-game season in, he's going to end up a lot higher than this 20, than this, what is this, 21st ranking or whatever we got him at here. He will. But the fact that matters is that him and Gruden have not always been on the same page. Granted, we all know that Gruden's backing him right now. How long does that last? 
How long does the uh, the upper management last with him? Uh, these are all big questions that Gruden really quick. can't answer. Gruden was quick to jump off last year. Yeah, he was. It and was, they have week four is like, this viable is ta- talent behind him to do okay with. You know, I mean, everybody knows that you know Cousins or and or um, McCoy, uh, McCoy, short stuff. You know, sure. either of those guys can you know do fine with the team. Um, Griffin's running puts him up there. Tell me something else, Houdini. The thing that bothers me about him is the entire team situation. It is the the whole him and Jay Gruden situation. It is the fact that Alfred Morris, you know what you're getting out of him, but it's one-dimensional. So it's not like you get like this, this extra threat out of him. You have Deshaun Jackson, who is as volatile on the field as he is off the field. So that's a potential problem. You have guys like the one that you won't mention in Jordan Reed who can't stay on the field. So he's got too many inconsistencies throughout the team to begin with. Pierre Garçon is a guy that he was looking really good, but it seems like he has kind of lost a step. So you don't have, you know, besides the volatile Deshaun Jackson, you really don't have anybody else that's super dynamic on that offense for him to work with. So you you know you don't really have Garcon's that. Garcon's pretty good, dude. Yeah, but he's Garcon's not that ultimate edge weapon that you that you can use and that you can just exploit toward the the red zone, especially. You know, so I just look at that situation, and you have his past with with injuries and his uh, his fragileness. That I'm I'm just concerned. Even if I'm grabbing him there, yeah, it might have potential. But man, I feel like I'm just rolling the dice every week, and it's going to be the week that it's like crap out, broken leg, I'm done. Yeah, it is. It's, you, a, it's a roll of the dice for sure with that guy. And I did it two years ago, and I've stained, and I, I, I probably won't be one to do it again. Have you ever rolled the dice and had a RG3 uh, streamer, or usually steamer? Because my steamer backed up quarterback two years ago, yeah. No, two years I ago, think, I don't think too. I've ever had him on my team, actually. Nope, I had him in a pyro team. league once as my backup, and it's just like, oh, this guy's terrible. No, I think it was my first... He was my first. That was our first Pyro League, I think. I think he was my first QB. Uh, what a stink fest. Two that years was. ago. He was Cap- Kaepernick was my one, and RG3 was my two. Yeah, I remember that. They're going to run the hell out of this. He's going to be able to shut up points. Good Lord. What happened? Plane crash. i got to work fast. i got a lunch. I think you're missing the big picture here, Doc. Nurse, check his penis. Is it longer than mine? Uh, no, Doctor. Good. Now, this is going to hurt. Oh! Nurse, give me 15 cc's of morphine, quickly. You think you can save him? Can't be sure. I'm not a very good doctor. So <laughs> <laughs> I fell after drafting those two guys. Jeez. I'm going to do my latest ever pyro promo. I haven't talked about any of these things. Quickly, I'm going to run through them so that I don't have to do them again. Go to iTunes. Come on. Give us a review. Give us five-star rating. I just put that out on Twitter and someone's like, why does it have to be a five star? I don't <laughs> care. Give me a two or three star. Give us a rating. Give us a write up. Tell us you're, you're alive. If you're going to rip on us, give us, us a reason why. Yeah, I, no, and I don't even care. You can rip on us. You can do whatever you want. Just go and give us a review. Have some fun. Uh, Stag Party will maybe come and read uh, Stiff uh, Kitty's meows. If you, did you check out his review? Yeah, but it's. Oh, <laughs> what a madman. Man, man. Stiff. Kitties, meow. He just gave the craziest review ever in the history of iTunes reviews. God bless you, buddy. Pyro promo. Draft kit version 3 is out right now. The thing is dope as hell. If you haven't picked it up, what are you waiting for? Pull it together. Drop the 20 bones. You'll get every version between now and the draft kits, uh, the drafts uh, that you have for the season. That'll be 
uh, July 15th to 20th, we'll be releasing uh, the next one, number four. Number five will be August, and then we'll do one the first week of September for people drafting pretty late after uh, Labor Day. Uh, last Pyro promo. Pyro Podcast Lite came out. Stag Party, whoop, whoop. And Pyromaniac Mode, last week, last Wednesday, did the first episode ever of the Pyro Podcast Lite. Something we're going to be doing uh, on a weekly basis on top of the Pyro Podcast that we're doing here with the four of us. I thought it was a great premiere episode. Well done. Uh, we're going to use this off-season, or they're going to be using this off-season to really kind of nail down the content and the segments that they want to re, uh, rerun, but I thought it was great. The Huey Lewis and the News and Notes, love it. I mean, come on. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the felt, power of love, baby. Love wins. It love wins. Felt, it felt homey. It felt like you've been there before. It felt like everybody felt comfortable. I, I really enjoyed it. Isn't this Henry Alva Pfaffenbach? My mother was a Pfaffenbach. Not Doreen Pfaffenbach. From Minnesota? Yeah. Then we're cousins. We used to spend our summers in Eagle River. Eagle River? Everyone knows Eagle River. Mm -hmm. Everyone will know Pyro Podcast Light. Oh, I hope so. Especially the people in Eagle River. So, amen on that one. Uh, You guys did great. Mo's got a good rapport with you. And you guys definitely, it's not a a grief fest, which I really liked about it. You guys are definitely going uh, uh, disagreeing and um, good stuff. So the last Pyro promo, and then we're giving no more on this show. Comment in our footer. Any op-ed we put out there, any story we put out there on the website, hook us up. Give us some comments down there because uh, that helps us with some of our footer interaction with new content. And plus, it's a good way for us to content uh, contact and communicate with you guys. You know, if Houdini writes a piece about career year, beware, and you got a question about it, put it there. We'll get the messages and we'll respond. Maybe not overnight, but uh, please help us out and use that Discuss. Easy to log in with your Facebook or Twitter account or if you have a Discuss account yourself. Hook it up. Other than that, we're doing a lot of content. A lot of stuff's going up on the site. We've got our team outlooks that are uh, rolling. I think we're about five or six into those. Uh, obviously, we'll do all 32 teams. All right, let's get back to it. Uh, should we, um, Griffin, let's not talk about him anymore. Having him on your team, even if he has his best season ever, is scary. It's scary. It's a, <laughs> it's a crapshoot. It's, it's a day at the races. Right, Dave? Val Verde. The open sea. Oh, God, wish you could smell. And my nostrils fried. Power job. <laughs> Derek Carr, guy that I'm loving more and more. Uh, I don't even know. I've got him. We've all got him pretty much at the same. Dog's got the highest of 20. Uh, and then me and Staggs, we're, we're, we're both at 23, and you've got him one higher than us at 22. I think as things go on, he's going to be uh, probably moving up. Mine a little bit. He's a little injured right now. Uh, but all of them, I just think that team's going to be better than people think. And I think he's going to be a, a guy that's going to be in the league for a while. Yeah, he's got the weapons around him. And he's got an offense that gears towards throwing that ball. Um, I mean, they play from behind. So, I mean, he's, he's going to be throwing. He's just he's got he's got what uh, you you want out of a backup quarterback um, as a Justin Caser. So I mean it's it's not something you're looking to start. Um, you know I, I don't know I'm gonna call him David Carr just for shits and giggles. <laughs> well he's he threw a lot he threw a ton wasn't he second most in in, in th- attempt 
throwing it them last year? I don't year? know if it was exactly second. He's it was top, right up there in the top. Up there three at the top guy as a as a rookie. Yeah. Whatever it is. Um, He's number seven. Number seven. Yeah, but he, I mean, he had more than like Aaron Rodgers and uh, Peyton Manning, Peyton Tom Manning, Brady, yeah. Philip Rivers. So he's slinging the ball. And yeah. let's, do you think going into this off season or into this regular season, I mean, we all like Murray, but are you are you, are you confident that this is going to be some sort of running juggernaut? No, because be you have no guarantee with him that he's going to be a guy that can carry the ball twenty plus times a game. And then you know you still he's have never done it. right, and you don't have a whole lot else there. That that's that Trent Richardson is this? I mean, come on, you know. So I think Carr's going to be throwing the ball a lot. And I think that the, the best thing that they have going for him is that with Amari Cooper coming in there, this is the most pro-ready receiver of all the guys that come in. Kevin White may have more physical traits and talents and everything else, but Amari Cooper is, is a plug-and-play type of a guy. That he already, them, them jettisoning James Jones, uh, he's already better than James Jones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been getting rave reviews all summer. You know, all, uh, he's the best receiver on the team. Yeah, I mean... Crabtree's got something to prove, so I guess that's not a bad thing to have him as a, as a two. Streeter's uh, back, so I mean that's going to be nice having that third receiver there. Um, Andre Holmes is, I don't know, I mean he's probably playing to, to, to get looks for some other team next year. But uh, I mean they they have the talent there. They have, I mean they drafted uh, uh, Clive Warford, right? So I mean that's that's a nice one right there. Uh, they and you know I mean the running backs they could catch passes. Roy Halo is really good at catching passes and making something out of nothing. Uh, you know, Richardson you know, can he, catch passes and do something when he catches the no, ball. Let's talk about Roy Halo though, because Roy Halo is a guy that probably gets the, one of the most play out of there. Yeah, right. Because you got Latavius Murray. If he stays healthy, obviously he'll be the guy. But you know as well as I do, you know I made the mistake when he came out as a rookie. I, I was wrong on Trent Richardson, so free to admit it. But. I'm not fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on shame. You don't get fooled again. All right, thank you, Bush. Uh, but what I'm saying is, you don't get fooled again. Easy, so. Rachel Maddow. <laughs> you, you, you got Trent Richardson. He's a guy that is not going to be dynamic. You're going to give him the ball. He's going to be 2.7 yards in a cloud of dust. And it's going to get to a, situ- a situation where, as the fans are watching, as the coaches are watching, you just realize you're not getting anything. Helu is a guy that has just always been underappreciated. He's got Agreed. He, he works really hard and he always runs hard and he always gives you maximum effort. And he's got great hands who can also be a, a, a very talented as a, as a receiver out of the backfield. So well, and when when he got the chance in, in Washington due to the injuries, he actually did really well as yeah. a starter. Yeah. So that I especially in PPR. Yeah, they don't have a problem there when it comes to the talent uh, around Carr. Um, so I'm Carr's definitely a, a sleeper type guy, and I mean I wouldn't put my money on him going to, you know, jumping up in the top ten or top fifteen even. But I mean he's a streamer type that you could keep on your bench and see what happens. I never have a problem with Val. There it is around my mouth. What is this macho thing? He started it. Did not. Did too. Did not. You're behaving like children. He's being a jerk. I'm not. Or two. I'm not. Our two, 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 Our two times ten. Our two D two. All right, Nick Foles is going to be our twenty-third ranked QB, sitting there in tier number seven. This is our second to last player. We're going to do Foles and James Winston here. Let's quickly roll through those, and we'll bounce over to a breeze through those tight ends. Stag party woke it up. I just want to mention one thing on Derek Carr. 
He checks down more than Alex Smith. But that's my problem with the guy. He's captain check down, and he he doesn't seem to throw it downfield yeah, very much. As a rookie, much. he was. Yeah. Yeah. Alex yeah. Smith's been doing it for 10 years. <laughs> okay. I mean, there, Carr wasn't doing it in college. I'll tell you that. Fresno State, he was airing that ball around. There yeah, is. let's see if he can uh, Rookies have the happy system. feet, and they, they feel pressure when it's not there. So, you know, he's one of these guys, that it's, it's, it's going to improve. And now that you It's got to improve because he was like the worst in yards per attempt last season. Last season. For starters. Right, but he also yeah. had no weapons at the wide receiver for him last year. There was no, like, I mean, their deep threat, I guess, was Andre Holmes. Andre Holmes. And, right. Yeah. But it was weak. Not, not proven. Obviously. Rod Streeter was one of your better receivers last year. But he only played two games. Much rather have Carson Palmer. Streeter was. <laughs> Streeter was. Yeah, I'd rather have. I'd rather have Palmer as well. I agree. But uh, I mean, there's definitely a, there's appeal here with Carr. Okay, okay, and especially. I thought we were moving on. We already caught Carr. All right, right. Carr. Ne- ne- we're okay. going on to Nick Foles and James Winston. We got two more in the tier seven. Um, Foles. Let the hate ensue. I just hope they don't pay the man. Houdini wants him real bad. He's got him ranked at like 19. Yeah, well, this is one that, that's probably going to drop. You know, it, It's a matter of... I, I'm interested to see, and that's the worst part with this team, is a lot that you're not going to be able to see. You're not going to be able to see Gurley and see exactly what they're going to be able to do and want to do with him in this offense. you got Brian Quick, who's still coming back from his injury. So you have a lot of the weapons and things that are going to be bigger parts that are not there. So... You know, what that leads me to believe, and this is why he'll probably be in my next version, he's probably going to drop down about four or five spots right now, is because I, I, I do think that even if Gurley's not ready to go 100% at the beginning, you can lean on, on giving the ball to Trey Mason a bunch, and you're going to try. It's a Jeff Fisher offense. He, he wants to establish the run. He wants to be a team that's able to, 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 to use its will and to force itself. He doesn't have... Dynamic receivers. He doesn't have a dynamic quarterback. So <laughs> talk, you're talking yourself out of your. Uh, I did. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm moving Don't be so good, man. No, I said. I said convictions. Man. Sounds like you're going to put him down in the 30s. Actually, <laughs> <now>. <laughs> well, it's one of those guys that you know what. You can't be as high on him. I, I was high on him, especially going into last year when he's going into the, into Chip Kelly's offense, and you're figuring this is what you're going to get out of him. But then you saw what you got. So now, if you're going to tell me that he's going to go from a the Chip Kelly offense to a Jeff Fisher offense, and they drafted a, a girly, but again, no continuity in it with anyone there right now. It's going to be slow to develop, and he needs to be moved down from my 19 ranking. There, there's always going to be a guy or two every year where you all of a sudden see the proof in the pudding on how much an offense makes a difference. This year at wide receiver, it's going to be Jeremy Macklin. Plain and simple. You're going to see, sorry guys, I love him. Believe me, I'm a huge fan of Macklin, but you're going to see his fantasy points be cut in half, basically, by going to KC. Same thing's going to happen with Foles here. You go from Philly to St. Louis, everybody's going to see him for what he is. I don't think he's not a Jeremy Macklin. Macklin at least has a ton of talent. I never saw Foles as having a ton of talent. Even when he was playing in Philly, I didn't see like pin, pinpoint accuracy. I didn't see a, a rocket of an arm. It was he was serviceable. It was it was the offense that got him to where he was. Uh, playing he's, at St. Louis. He might be this generation's Scott Mitchell. Yeah, that's a great call. Uh, you know, the, major the, a, a righty, off a righty off Scott of Mitchell. Three games or two games, whatever it was that Scott Mitchell played, yeah. turned that into how many contracts? Unbelievable, Jeez. yeah. Or the John Conkak of basketball. John Conkak! Yeah. Can't teach size. Well, he, hasn't got, he hasn't gotten that big payment yet, so they're no. talking about it. 
But I think they were just trying to they were trying to talk him up and make him feel confident. But they're like, no fucking way, we're gonna give this guy seventy million dollars. Let's see what the hell he can do. But I think he's better than than, than maybe we thought. But who's the fellow that you used to love the, the the slot receiver that they took with the sixth overall a couple years ago? He's so bad at fantasy, I forgot his name already. Tavon Austin. Tavon yeah. Austin. Heard he's having a great offseason. He does. He, he's, <laughs> he's always had a great offseason. That guy's, I, I swear, he's, he's a special he's, talent. He's I can't wait to not be, draft him yeah, ever. He is going to be the difference years. for Foles. He's having a great offseason. Yeah. Nah. I'm more excited for like Stedman Bailey than I am for Tavon Austin. Let's be serious. Um, I've been I'm, seeing Stedman Bailey. A lot of people are calling him his sleepers. I don't know if that was because we did it first, but <laughs> I don't know. You never know. But we, we he's, he's, hey, he's going to get played. I'm seeing him around where people like on the Rams. He Stedman is definitely going to get played. I'm, I'm excited to I watch mean, Lance Somebody Kendrick's has to catch the ball, right? Somebody has to catch the ball. Jared Cook just, and Lance Kendricks all day long. Oh, Cooks. I hate that guy so much. No, but, I mean, they do. I mean, Kenny Britt, he's got a ton of talent. I don't know. It's never really put it together. Chris Gibbons is still there. Uh, the guy, you know, the deep threat. Eh, it's, I mean, it's a he's, he has decent talent around him. There's nothing outstanding there. Um, but it's plain and simple. It's the offense they run, and it just doesn't allow for fantasy points for a, a, a QB, so especially James, not, a, not a Nick Foles QB. So Jameis Winston, they're saying they're going to give him some virtual reality. I'm doing singing some Jamira Choir right now. What's what's going to happen with this guy? They're going to have him on the uh, uh, Oculus Rift, sitting there practicing and having virtual reality. Uh, do you guys hear about this? No. Yeah, I did. I did not. I hope it... Is it more like that golf game, Lynx, where you play it into the screen, or... No, it's like what a 360 this? view. Um, Oculus uh, yes. Rift. Yeah. I don't know what that means. <laughs> that, is, is that, is, do you have eyes? Does he have like goggles on? Yeah, he's yeah, got like yeah, giant heads on. That's, that's the goggles. Oculus Rift. Sure. But anyways, it allows, it gives a full, tw- all 22 vision of the defense from the quarterback's perspective. They've been doing it like just taping things during practices to where he can see kind of mistakes and everything like that and then hopefully improve on them. The only question I have about virtual reality is, is he going to get his ass knocked out? Uh, like, because that's what his line's going to be. It's it's not very good. Like, is he just going to, like, is there going to be someone, like, hitting him in the balls when, uh, yeah. <laughs> after three know, seconds? Yeah. Like, you're in virtual reality, <laughs> do you get paid in virtual reality? Does it still count in reality? That's a Bitcoin. It's a Bitcoin. terrible question. But the virtual reality, if I was one, if I was uh, part of the whole team, I'd have one game where a bunch of lobsters are coming at, or crabs. Crabs. The, the defensive line is a bunch of crabs, and he's going around and he's like, Ooh, I'll eat some of that. Where's the butter? Let's do it. Let's do it. That, that's false. You'd be, like, too busy programming, like... Uh, boobs oh. <laughs> it's bouncing there yeah. and you like, about hey. Hey? <laughs> virtual reality is like what's up those bukkake scenes I've seen from some of those porns Lord. living it solamente right here oh, this is just this is definitely solamente no right I'm not sure we I'm want to go I'm up I'm done I already did this earlier today with my Oculus Rift I thought we were going for a clean episode today yeah. <laughs> that's no. not no. who said that I read it to me for a scene and if you ever put your goddamn hands on my wife again, I will... You wanted to see me, sir? Oh, right. Come on in. I'm expecting someone. He'll be all right, see? Yes, sir. I'm expecting someone. <laughs> Back to Winston. Um, Back to Winston. He's got the schedule. 
He's got uh, you know some some good wide receiver talent, um, but what he has is is a lot of youth in there. You're talking, uh, I mean, Charles Sims is young, Mike Evans, Kenny Bell, uh, Vincent Jackson's obviously a little bit older, but Austin Severian Jenkins is young. Um, it's and he's got Lovey Smith as his head coach. I just I can't see a ton out of him this year. He's still making he's making great plays I hear in camp, but he's also still making all those boneheaded plays where they're like, now we understand what everybody was talking about here. Yeah. Uh, why are you throw? Why are you doing that? <laughs> There's no reason for you to be doing that. You're still doing it. Why are you doing it? Fact of the matter is, they have a guy I'm uh, sure, yeah. backing him up in Mike Lennon, who is better than him right now. I'll tell you that right now. He's better than him and would get more wins for this team. I doubt they switch to him ever. It's But it's possible. It really is possible. I don't disagree with what you're saying there at all either, but you want to know what? They're not looking to win this year. I don't think that's No, they're, they're not. not. So it's about But they also don't want to kill his confidence. <laughs> no, but... The, but the, and if he goes 0-16, that'll but the, kill his confidence. The difference is also, though, what also I kills the confidence, so I think good. they're embracing his confidence. They're saying to him, where so many young quarterbacks are afraid to throw the ball, the anticipatory throw, because it's going to be an interception. They're saying, look, we need you to do these throws. Do it, do it. Don't feel like you need to be restricted in our offense. Feel free to make the, the reads and, and throws that you want. Now, when you're wrong, we're going to go back over them and figure out why the hell you're doing it, and you better not do it. You know, This better not be something that continues to be a consistent theme. But instead of it being presented to him in a way that now that's a negative. It's not even being presented as a positive and saying, okay, look, you anticipated. Maybe you, you just over-anticipated here. Or, look, you clutched before you, you threw, so you didn't fully anticipate. You didn't trust your anticipation. And, but they're, they're working toward where they said. They go, they're not scared. They were the one team that was not scared about as high interception numbers as last year in college. He's going to be a mess this year, but I think he can score some fantasy points. He's, go, he's definitely going to have some big games, too. He's going to be a mess. And here's something, gonna be a mess. something that he's going to have to deal with that he's never had to deal with before. And we have no idea how he's actually going to react to it. And that's lose. He's always been a winner. And that's what he built his game on. That's what he did in college. He was a winner. Plain and simple. He brought those teams two wins. He's not going to be able to do that here. Yeah. No chance he's going to be able to do that with for this team. So it's inter- it's going to be interesting to see how a kid who Overall, has not made great choices in a lot of circumstances, like how he deals with something like this, because he's never had to deal with being a loser, and he's going to be a loser this year. I, I hate to put it that way, but no, he's no, no. going to. Oh, I have a question for you, though. You said he's going to be a loser, and, and, and it's gonna, we'll see how he deals with it, but... Do you ever see him being a winner in this league? He's he, he's a winner. He's got a winning mentality. And I could see him, if they build the right type of team around him. Th- the thing is, is, when it comes to fantasy, I'm telling you right now, Lovey Smith is the fantasy killer. All right, If he plays for Lovey Smith for the next 7, 10 years, you're not going to get fantasy points off him. Plain and simple. Lovey doesn't play the game that way. He don't, won't let his offensive coordinator play the game that way. He takes control of the defense, in which case he takes care of the entire team. That's just the way it is with Lovey. It's always been that way. He's not going to be a fancy stud under Lovey Smith. Lovey doesn't actually take over the offense. Lovey actually separates himself. He runs the defense. So that's yeah, no, he doesn't do that. anything with the offense, what, what, but he doesn't allow the offense to well, open up what he do, because well, it goes against his defensive It's It's what he does plan. is that he goes for – he hires assistant coaches who are not going to – you know, be a Kevin Gilbride to his buddy Ryan. Okay, yeah. this this is the, the the type of guy that Lovey is. When he's trying to make a splash with good old uh, Martz, right. it, it backfired in his in, in but, blew up. 
but he right had, back in right, this. but he, and he also had a relationship with him beforehand because he worked with yeah, him in St. Right. Louis. So, you know, that's why it's it's like where, where it came with where Ron Rivera. He clashed heads with Ron Rivera, and then they replaced him with Bob Babbage. Who? No, it was Lovey Smith running the defense. And yeah, Ron Rivera has proved that he's a, he's, a, he's a good deal. Was it Easy River? Riverboat. Riverboat Ron. Ron. <laughs> Easy river, riverboat. Easy riverboat. I'm up in my uh, inflatable. All right, let's move off of that. I think, you know, we go down to tier 14, I think, in, in that for quarterbacks. And Tim Tebow is in that tier. God bless this podcast. Tight ends. All right, we're going over to tight ends. Tier 1, Rob Gronkowski. We don't need to talk about him. Obviously a beast. He's good. We talked at length that when we draft him in our mocks in, in in with each other in the leagues we're doing for the draft kids, when we're doing mocks that are on our own, you basically got to go first. Maybe you're lucky to get him in the second, and the team kind of looks a little bit skewed. Uh, but he is healthy, and Brady's great time with him. I don't know. I think we need to talk about, let's talk about God Bree. You see that? The yeah. Last, uh, He's always that guy's got a great life. This week he said, "Oh, I'm not spending any of my any of my salary. It's all it's all my uh, endorsements. That's that's what I'm able to buy two million dollar <laughs> houses in Miami for. Fuck's sake, it must Lord. be nice. I mean, what, nice. all you need to know about him in his entire career: is 65 games and 54 touchdowns. That's it's insane. It's insane. Nobody's ever done that. Yeah, and then if you that's actually close. add in his playoffs. The, that's another eight games with six touchdowns. <laughs> okay. Beast. Let's move on. He sit, he was sitting along with tight end number one. Let's, uh, I mean, we talk about these next guys in tier two so often. I don't want stags. We already talked about Graham. Go. We already talked about Olsen. The one guy we didn't talk about yet today is a guy that we've talked about at Incessantly. length. Incessantly. Uh, I, I mean, hey, stag party. Stag party, party and I would love to talk about him forever, too. But show us Travis your best Shows your desktop. Is it Kelsey, is it Kelsey grabbing a pass? <laughs> yeah, for the video. <laughs> nice raise. <laughs> All right, let's move on to tier three. Uh, why, uh, tight end number five, Zach Ertz. Let's be honest. There's no one moving up faster across the board for any of us than this guy. System, right? You know, it, it, again, Selleck is no longer uh, creating the threat that he was. Ertz dramatically improved on his rookie year numbers into his second year. Here's a guy that, that's going to be expected to take a larger chunk of this offense going forward. And he's got the skills to be able to do it. So, I love it. Well, my big thing, and then I'll let the, the smart guys in the mix here. ADP value, even if he keeps catapulting and rising and rising, which we know is going to happen, is still going to be there with him. He is going to have some value in where you're drafting him. Fact of the matter is he has the most potential to jump up into the top five of any of the other Tight ends, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the four that we mentioned in the first place, I think I think we're almost uh, pretty much sure that those guys are going to be right up there. Um, the one that we all mostly agree on that is going to jump right up in that top five is Zach Ertz. He has improved consistently. Tight ends never come into the league and dominate immediately, but he's got the system, he's got the hands, he's got this field-stretching ability, he has improved his blocking quite a bit. Uh, his understanding of the offense. There's just nothing not to like here. Uh, I mean, yeah, there was times last year where he would disappear, not catch a ball, or you know, maybe one in the game, but he's got the improvement. 
And I'll, another thing that you can't forget, they've lost uh, receivers. You know, when you don't have a Macklin anymore there, and you got young guys coming in, uh, Aguilar, to, to, to be on the outside there, I don't know if a quarterback's going to depend on a rookie receiver over a guy that he's been playing with for a couple few years now. Granted, if it's Bradford, he hasn't been playing with him, but I hear everything I heard that Bradford and Ertz have a very tight relationship already. So, you know, here's the other benefit that he gets. He goes from having a guy in LaShawn McCoy, who great running back that he is, is not a guy that defenses feel that they have to put the extra defender in the box in order to stop him immediately, because if one guy can get their hand on him, one guy can take him down. DeMarco Murray is a different type of a runner. True. So that's also going to create more opportunities for Ertz, especially if they're able to run effective play-action passes with Murray, which they should be able to do. And that should allow Ertz to be able to be blocking initially and then releasing. And you're going to see a lot of block-release catches. Maybe you see that 15 times this year, and maybe he's averaging 15 to 25 yards a catch on those block-release catches. Absolutely. Because you're catching the defense completely unaware, and it's usually an empty void that you're catching the ball in. Yeah, and I mean, it's also a, a trust factor. Kelly's built up his trust in him, and I think the trust is finally there. I think it took a little while to, for it to get there, but I think it, especially showing what he did with that, how many catches did he make in that one game, like 12? Uh, 15. 15 or 15. something like that. It was, it was 15 ridiculous. on 18 for 115. Fine, I mean, it, it showed. Chip Kelly finally said, you know what, Terry? Let's just get this guy the ball. He's, he's really that good out there. Let's let's see what he can do. And he proved it. And he did it. That's I, I, I mean, he's not going to be catching 15 balls a game, but he's got the trust of, of, of Kelly, and that's a big thing. Well, and let's look at it. Let's compare him to the guy who's next in the list. And actually, we'll, we'll compare him with the next two. Because... The, next, the previous two are guys that uh, I think of most people who are listening are going to say, shouldn't these guys be higher than, than Zach Ertz? And the first guy is the black unicorn, Martellus Bennett. Well, number one, with all of the, 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 the whole turmoil over what his contract situation is, is he going to be with the Bears? Are the Bears trying to trade him? Were they trying to trade him? Martellus wants a new contract. Martellus is not going to get a new contract from the Bears. You know, there's still going to be potential speculation that he might he might be one of these players with this new trade deadline that we have that gets traded during the season. You Absolutely. know, especially because the Bears could be starting out very poorly with opening up with Green Bay at home. Uh, then you get Arizona at home, could be losses there. Or well, then you're going to Seattle on the road. Okay, you're really having a tough start. You know, the Bears could be one of those early sellers, and Bennett's a guy that they're trying to get rid of anyway. Add that to it's a new offense. Add that to it's going to be more of a run-style offense. Add to that the discontent that he already has with Coach John Fox. And John Fox is asking, asking him to make some much more effective blocking uh, because they're going to run the ball more. And if he's not doing it, that could create friction. All of that leads to he could get frozen out of this offense in, in, in some way, shape, or form. And that hurts his fantasy value. Tressman, before he came in, remember we did on the podcast, I remember it vividly, we talked about it in his campaigning for himself for the job he had already he had even talked about the championship level uh, and what they were the parade dogmatic you brought this point up where he had already he had anticipated the championship parade they were going to do and had that spelled out and everything here's the problem Tressman fed into the ego of his players to uh, what's his name's gone uh, Marshall's gone mm-hmm. got them the ball kept fucking the unicorn happy for two the two years he was there, just by getting the ball and like, let's keep this guy happy. Remember him on 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 Dallas? 
He was always crap talking to Witten. Remember him on uh, the Giants being a headache, talking about how he's not getting the ball enough, even when they're winning championships. This guy is a me, me, me guy. New, yeah. new system in. Tressman's not going to appease his big mouth by shutting him up, by getting him targets. He was willing to. Fox ain't. Be- yeah. uh, Fox ain't going to be doing that. It's going to be a bad season all around. We're going to be seeing the black unicorn. It's going to be doing the same sound bites. He's a great sound bite guy, but not when he's doing the negative sound bites. And uh, it's going to be tr- it's going to be a bad season. He'll be moved, I, I think. Can I year. challenge him on the sound bite guy thing? Yeah. Admiral, it's good to see you again, sir. It's been too long. And so it is. Yes, yes. How are you, sir? Why? changing and, and that yeah. play get, making a big difference. Tressman leaving yeah. um, it makes a big difference here. However, Gates does get the tight end the ball. Okay. It's not like it's going to be a tremendous... It's going to be a drop-off. He's not going to catch 90 balls, that's for sure. To be honest, I, I, I doubt he catches 60 to 65. It's going to be 60 to 65. But he does get him the ball. He gets them in the ball in a position to succeed, which Bennett can do, which, just, which is why he deserves to still be up there. Right. But I'm not. I just can't see him repeating what he's well, let me been Because here's here's the question. Because you know the guy that we'll talk about afterward. In each of the last two seasons, Julius Thomas under Adam Gase, yeah, had 12 touchdowns each of exactly. the last two years. Now I think he still had a heap more targets, you know. But but the the catches could be right. Now what you're basically then predicting is, and this is this is also a scary situation, right? It's the Vernon Davis. Season that we saw, what was that, three years ago, mm-hmm. where he had the 52 catches, but it was like you know the, the 12 or 13 touchdowns that he scored. Yeah, such a high touchdown dependency, right? Stags that that just is is so difficult to, to to count on. But at the same time, you're never even getting any of those amazing games because you're just not getting the volume of work. And you're you're praying each week that you get the touchdown. But if you're, if you're in some of these leagues that don't give you points until you get to 70 yards or something like that. It's either touchdown or bust for him. Yeah, and when I mentioned the the, the Gase and the switching over to a, a different coordinator there and the, and the offensive side, you can't forget that it was Peyton Manning throwing the ball and not Jake Cutler or Cutler's replacement coming coming soon. By the right. way, Cutler will not make it sixteen games. Anybody? <laughs> Why did we ever go on that guy? All in. Let's make him the highest paid quarterback. Uh, eight, eight games out of him at best. Six and then they games switch. ago, we hated him. You know what? That, that should be our next podcast because you always you, you, you're yelling at us always in, in pre and post uh, D Rex about we can't be talking about injuries and doing it. Let's just do a podcast, the injury podcast. The guys that we are like have thrown the skull and bones or, or our each year or whatever, and we're saying this guy's getting injured this year. Not a bad guy. I, I think it's a perfect segment for Pyro Podcast Live. I won't do it. <laughs> you don't want to throw the juju down on anybody? No, I'll throw the juju down on them. They might throw the juju down on me. 
Well, did you have them over to your house lately? Any of them? I'm not telling you. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, that, that visit and that punch in the face could be all I need to get Pyro really off the ground. Yeah, I mean, there we go. I just think we. I'm the Jim Rome of this podcast, baby. It is. I write bitch slap. <laughs> who's the uh, Who's the Jim Everett of this podcast? Who's oh, step up? Who's fighting? Who's fighting? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, I'm taking a punch in the face, obviously. Calm down, Chris. <laughs> Calm down, Chris Hammer. Chrissy. 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 <laughs> Stag, Stag right now is bewildered already, but has no idea what we're talking about in this one. I'll, I'll post Check it. out the Rampart Media page. Yeah. I'll post it up on uh, on Twitter in the next couple of days. One of the great one of the great <laughs> interviews of all time. <laughs> so good. When a player attacks the host. And they're fighting on stage. And, it may oh have made God. ESPN2 continue to be uh, able to be viable as a station. And it definitely made Jim Rome oh, made career it. last for the, as long as it has. I love that guy, but that moment catapulted him. He, I've been doing this a lot, but I'm going to make it known because for Jim Rome, man, did he make his career out of that damn uh, that damn scene. Absolutely. became He was just a local type guy at that point in time, and he really became super uh, national. Ballsy. It's good, yep. good stuff. Same reason why who I hate, but who's uh, a guy uh, Stephen A. Smith? I, I don't hate him. I like him with basketball. I hate him on everything else. But he he does the same stuff where it's just like he makes he makes you. The reason why he's around is because he's a little bit edgy. Uh, all right, let's go on to Julius Thomas. Is going to be the seventh tight end. We've got tier three action. I mean, I like it. I like it. I just don't know. I don't know. We were talking about this uh, before. Are you high on him this year? I don't like it. You don't like it either. Because how many touchdowns? It was it eleven touchdowns that Blake Bortles threw last year. So you know you you add to Blake Bortles and you're giving him more help, but all the help is unproven and young. You we should move into tier four then. Because you know because look, twelve touchdowns. We, we just discussed it. That's what he had. How many do you realistically think? I think on a high end, six. Yeah. Six. But I think realistically, you can see a three touchdown season out of it. Whoa! I think it can be more five six. Right, but, but maybe, but maybe, maybe. Realistically, you're just throwing throwing straight juju today. I, I, listen, there is a, a player. He is, Julius he is Thomas. A juju. Julius, so yeah. to throw juju. And, and understand this. Look at Julius Thomas's situation. He went from ha- having ultimate protection with the best quarterback, one of the future Hall of Famer, Peyton Manning, throwing in the ball with. A future potential Hall of Famer on the outside in Demarius Thomas with a fantastic other secondary complimentary player in Emmanuel Sanders. Also a cagey veteran in Wes Welker as well. So he was surrounded by so many other weapons that he was never the focal point. Well, now he becomes a high-priced free agent that's going over to Jacksonville. What does Jacksonville have there initially to take any of your distraction away before you go to Julius Thomas? Bunch it's Allen Robinson. Yeah. And I like Allen Robinson. Yeah. But Allen Robinson is, is not anything that... Defenses are going to look at it and say, you know what, especially when they get into the red zone, you're not going to go to Julius Thomas. But here's the one thing. Well, he not. might be better than you're giving him credit for. Might be. I'm not saying he is. He's going to have to I work a lot harder in this offense than he ever did in the other one. For sure. He might be a lot more talented than we give him credit for. But I agree. I think he should be moved down to four. And let's, let me just quickly ask you. Would you take Antonio Gates or Jordan Cameron over Julius Thomas? I think I definitely, I, I would definitely consider Jordan Cameron. What about you? Who do you like
But I, I like why because I, you spent you're gonna spend a second rounder on Kelsey. No, fifth rounder. Mm-mm. He's gonna be moved. There's eighty. You're gonna get him there. I still like Julius Thomas over both those guys. I think. Um, I mean, uh, Jordan Cameron has the potential. I think Antonio Gates is gonna fall a little bit, but Julius Thomas is a freak of nature, and that's something you guys are forgetting. It just because. He was in an off, awesome offense, and there was all the tools around him where he wasn't the focal point. Doesn't mean that he can't still succeed in an offense that is really young and just starting out to, you know, starting to build what they're going to do in the future. I think he's a major piece of it. They still have Mercedes Lewis to take the blocking job on the tie, for the tight end there, so he's always going to be running routes. And from what I hear, he's actually working well with Bortles. So I, I still think he's got a lot of potential, and I, I, he is a physical freak. I mean, I, I wish you guys knew all the numbers on him, but he's a, he's like an absolute freak in the mold of like uh, Vernon Davis of the old of old stuff. So I mean, he's I think he's the Vernon, I think he's a freak time. like a uh, cook. I think, he's, cook. I think he's the Vernon Davis of now because again, if I look at his numbers. Playing with the prolific Peyton Manning and in the prolific offense, number one, he's never played 16 games in the entire season. He only played in uh, 13 last year and 14 the year before. So, you know, he started 10 games last year because he had the nagging injury. And, and, and that's a team where he's really trying to gut it out because he's playing for a contract and because he's playing on a team that expects to have championships. Well, there are no none of those aspirations where he's going to. It's going to be a whole different culture shock as far as how things are run from – the, a, a world-class organization with Peyton Manning at the quarterback to a t- organization that's struggling to figure out what their identity is with a second-year guy in Blake Bortles. So I, I think that on top of the fact that even with his best year two years ago where he had the 12 touchdowns and he had 65 receptions for 788 yards. So he, he's a guy that, you know, he's not only averaging at his career 30, okay, over the last two years, if you want to split hairs and call it even in the middle of the two numbers, it's 45 yards receiving a game. Is, is, is he going to appreciably have that many more receiving yards per game to make up for the loss of touchdowns from the 12 touchdowns that he had last year? To me, the answer is no. I like Gates more now thinking about, I'm not even looking, I probably have him higher, but, uh, I, I, I got no. I actually have Gates one behind Julius, and I uh, the one guy that's got to move ahead of him for me is, is Cameron. Yeah, who I have. I have him six. I think him and uh, Tannehill are going to be a, a good connection. So I think I agree. I think we got. I got to be moving down Julius Thomas, even though I think he is a great athlete. Like you say, I think that team's going to be better fantasy as than we give him credit for the power numbers show we did a few weeks ago. We talked about that. I think I think there will be the Jaguars be scoring a lot more fantasy points with the Yeldon and, and the second year guys and now Bortles is in his third year. I think it's gonna be a better situation, but I agree with you. The upside is capped heavily and he's gonna be six touchdowns max and be lucky to have what eight hundred yards or something. Well, so that would be a career high for him. So right. absolutely, be lucky to have that, and that's that doesn't sound that great for the fifth. Either guy. way, I, I, I mean, I I'm, I'm with Stag Party in this. Listen, uh, the guy's got he has the potential, and he's he's at a place where I, I mean, I got to tell you, I think the fact that there isn't as many uh, you know pieces around him makes him more of a focal point from the offensive standpoint, and. Don't think that he's just going to be double teamed all the time because yeah, you're down. he's not. He's he's going to be getting more yards this year. He's well, going to be getting more targets. targets you would believe right. me. You're, will. No, no, you're right because he had in his best year two years ago it was only 90 targets. Yeah, but again, we also have looked at it and traditionally. There's only been you know when we were looking at Greg Olson. Remember how many tight ends actually have 
more than 100 targets per year. And a couple years ago, it was five. And the year after that, it was like three. So it's like, it's, it's it, and that's pushing him up 10 over his previous high. I just worry that even if he gets the 100 targets, I think that definitely helps. But I just think it's an inconsistent offense. This guy, what I was going to say, what I agree with Stag Party on this, is that no matter where I have him ranked here, this he's not going to be on my team. Yeah. Okay. And, and, Fair and, you know, and neither is Martellus Bennett, and a lot of these guys aren't. I'm telling you, no, I mean, this is a prime year. If you're not getting the one guy you really want, which is Kelsey, I think, that in my opinion, he's the one guy I would, I would want as well, but I'm not willing to pay the price for him, I'm streaming. And there's going to be guys in mock drafts that I've done, the guy, type of guys that fall to you in the 12th, 15th, 14th round. I, he's I, got, one of them. I got Antonio Gates. He's one of them. Yeah, I got him. Yeah, and you got and you got. He, so he is one of those exactly. guys. He is a guy that people are staying away from because of the Jaguars, and I agree with Gates yeah. as well because of his age. But he is a guy that you are getting value picks. People are not taking the. He's not a top ten Agreed. pick for yeah. anybody. So if you are holding out, or if you went high on one to grab him as your second tight end, which what what I did, I took him as my second tight end, and it was like thirteenth round, and you, we'll see. Maybe he's moving up, but I think people are scared of Jacksonville. I think there's a lot of value in the Jacksonville team on where, they're, where their ADP is. I want to jump on the point that Dog made, and, and I think that not only do you have that opinion, I have that opinion. I think we all have the opinion. When you look at the after the Gronkowski, Graham, uh, Olsen, Kelsey, after that, if I'm, if I'm not getting one of those... Ertz, Ertz. Ertz, okay, right. But if I'm not getting one of those at least even at any type of a value, I'm not drafting them, and I'm waiting. Because there's guys that we have in tiers 5, 6, 7 that I feel just as confident Absolutely. grabbing and, and getting close enough to those same numbers and not having to pay a round 5 or a round 6 premium for it. I could pay around 13 or around 14 or around 15 premium for it and walk away just as happy. Yeah, Tight ends are going late, though. Those, the, the, besides those early guys, the other ones are... After, after Olsen... It really, it really waits a while. Really Julius Thomas's ADP is currently sixth at the position, and he's going as player like seventy-one. Okay. So, you still got to pay a decent little price for him, right. about you know sixth round pick. Who else though? What's Kelsey's? Um, what's Kelsey's ADP at this point? Probably like forty-eight. Okay, so I mean, for you to get him in that fifth round, you really got to target fifty-three. Okay. You're, you're yeah, really early. It's, it's he's going early it's in the fifth round. round. You're, yeah. You got it. You're getting fifth round. He won't go in the fourth. It's fifth round. Oh no! Really his ADP has been storming up a little bit. Yeah, in it? recent weeks, yeah. Has it? Oh, that's trouble. And fifty-three. He's been going three. By the way, is sixth round. Just so you know. One through. Oh, you're right. Correct. Day. Correct. You're right. You're right. So yeah, that's that's. I mean, if you've seen him go in the, the fifth, that's fine. I've, I've seen him going in the fourth. So yeah, the mocks, the mocks that you took him. Uh, oh, there it is. I've never taken him in the middle. Admiral Benson. That's my name, too. Let's go quickly. We'll go. On the tight ends, I'm not as worried about giving it away. Tier 4 was Gates at number uh, tight end 8, and number 9 was going to be Jordan Cameron. We won't talk about him. Let's go through tier number 5 here. Let's go to that if you guys want, and then we're done. Or would you rather talk about tier I, six? I, I feel let's talk about tier six and seven. I think there's a lot of interesting yeah. guys in both okay. two Fair tiers. Enough. I'd rather, yeah. Agreed. Fair enough. All right, so tier five, we're not going to tell you a thing about. A lick about. Pick up the draft kit. Shit's dope. All right, tier number six. So here, uh, let, let me preface this. This is an interesting tier how we have it set up right now. It's, it's 
position uh, tight end 16 through 18. You got a mix of guys that were potential uh, premier players at the position, uh, guys that are having resurgences in their career, and guys that are coming off of some really some of horrible situation in their career. So it's the trifecta of Owen Daniels, Kyle Rudolph, and Vernon Davis. 16, this is what, 17, 18. This is what I like to call the dart tier. Because you're just throwing it and hoping something sticks. That's uh, true. It could equally become the shark tier. But at the I, same time, <laughs> each, of these guys, like, each of these guys, though, is still, still very different. Uh, it, 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 well, actually, no, you're right. It is almost a dart tier because they get about the same amount of targets, which is hardly any. They each have potential to be touchdown guys. Right. This seems like a ninety target group who's not going to like maybe like eighty to ninety targets. Who's never who has like very very zero chance to go over a hundred. Yeah. Uh, they've got a chance to catch maybe between sixty and seventy passes somewhere in the range. They all have the potential of putting up ten touchdowns. That's what they yeah. do have ten yeah. touchdown potential, and that's why they're in this tier. I think it goes to me. I think it goes Owen Daniels, situational. Peyton Manning, if he's the guy that takes the Julian Thomas and the, the Vern, uh, your, your Virgil uh, Green doesn't doesn't pro- come to be, then Owen Daniels, if he can stay healthy, the upside's there. And let's be honest, that guy's a, you're drafting him in the teams, and he's a favorite of their offensive coordinator. So favorite, been with him since day one. He, you're not drafting him till the teens. Can I say this about that a guy like him too? He's a guy that you should target in that situation because. Do you want to know that at least with your backup tight end, especially if you've built your other rest of your team s- smartly, and you just want to have solid produ- potential production, here's the guy that you want. He'll have a potential because he knows that offense to catch touchdowns. And with how prolific that offense is, each week is a potential to catch a touchdown. Three words. Power in numbers. Right. So when you throw him out there on a bi-week replacement or you're stretched because of other guys on buys and you got to use an extra tight end as your flex, it's a lot better to get a guy that has a potential for a touchdown than to have the guy that needs to get you 65, 70 yards to get you the same points. He's done it before. Let me ask you this question. Do you want to pay tight end 11 price for Owen Daniels? If it's in the teens, I mean, he's... You're not, you're not 107. So right around round eleven, uh, he will be on my team. Yeah, but he's. He, but I, I mean, I, it's I, not I, a bad value right there, to be honest. And I mean, until it gets closer to, to camp, and we'll see how it plays out. If he's really playing as much as you know, it, it's possible to play. I don't know. Virgil Green, I think, is has more talent at this point. That's for sure. He's another one of those kind of physical freaks. So I, I could see him getting some action. But uh, I don't know. It's worth taking a chance on a Denver tight end somewhere in that zone for sure. One thing I will say from that picture that they photoshopped Demarius into, and I said this on a podcast probably 10 podcasts ago, Owen Daniels is like the same size, or at least the point and the perspective of a Peyton Man. He's a big dude. Virgil Green is not a big dude. No. He's, he's more, like he's much more athlete. He's like yeah, he's like a wide receiver. He's almost more of like the guy uh, I'm going to space the name on the Redskins. He's more like that he's type, athlete. He's yeah, like yeah. that type of tight end, which is Tim maybe great, maybe, maybe. But Tweener. I mean when I when they I saw Daniels, he was tall. He you know, we know he's done it. I was like, wow, I didn't he realize he was that big. I, I want to make the same argument when I hear all the time, you know, what I've had been defending in my career year beware. Everyone who's who's projecting Justin Forsett to be this you know amazing thing and this, that, and the other thing, comparing him to Matt Forte. Dudes are not the same player. 
Matt Forte is what? Six foot one, two hundred and twenty-one pounds. Uh, Justin Forsett is five foot eight, one hundred and ninety yeah. pounds. Okay, <laughs> this is not the same guy. So, and this is a guy who's you know when Forte got Mark Trussman, Mark Trussman got Matt, Matt Forte. He'd already been a guy who was getting thousand yard seasons and and doing you know fifteen hundred yard uh, from scrimmage seasons. For, uh, Since Forsett, coming in the year, there's no question that Forte has been a top five, top seven running back in every throughout the, his career. Right, Forsett. It's been a journeyman until last year. That's the whole point. He's a guy that never had the, that workload, and he was able to to do extremely well. But it was in an offense again that we talk about. That Bring was, it to the tight end. So, so again, it's the same thing with the, with the Virgil Green. When you're looking at at this type of a guy, does he have the, the right body for that for that position, or is that offense really prepared to change how they use that position in order to attack defenses? Now, because your skill set is so unique, they're willing to do that. They'll find a way. But more often than not, we see what happens with these type of guys, and they become the Percy Harvins of the world, where you become gimmick-type players that just really don't have a steady role on an offense. And if you don't have a steady role on an offense, and one of the main things you better damn be able to do as a tight end, block. Yeah. Yeah. And he can do that. I think at the end of the day... Consistently is the question. Yeah, that's a good point. Kyle Rudolph. Two years ago. Always been my guy. Huge fan of him. He's got stick him for hands. He's a big kid. He can run. Uh, his only problem has been injuries, basically. Uh, Bridgewater just came out and said, uh, basically, holy shit, this guy is easily the best tight end I've ever seen. I've ever seen play. And he can't, he can't wait to play with him. So, and, and you know what? You watch Kyle Rudolph play like during preseason games. Stuff like, you're like, wow, dude, this yeah. guy can't. This guy can freaking play. Man among boys. Absolutely. So give him his health. And, yeah, he, he, he has the, definitely has the potential for... I mean, he's a red red zone type guy. He's made crazy catches that I've never seen any tight end type make. Um, so he's got the potential to have. To, it's really just about staying healthy. Yeah, definitely. And he's got the coach. We've talked yeah. ad nauseum about uh, about North. Yeah, North, North Turner, right? North he's got the coach. He needs to stay it healthy. Doesn't work out this year. He doesn't have up with Kyle right. Rudolph. He doesn't have North. a ton of other guys that are really going to be challenging him as far as like being better on the team. We already know how we feel about Mike Wallace, the, the cancer that he is. Mm-hmm. Charles Johnson, we like as an emerging star, but there's no one that's really defining. So he's gotten a, 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 a very good opportunity in front of him to seize it. But the problem for me is he's had that for four years. And in four years, he has still yet to have a, a receiving season of more than 500 yards. In fact, he's only had one season where he had more than, uh, more than uh, uh, 400 yards. So... He's a guy that he's, he's done a good job of finding the end zone. So, again, like when we talk about Owen Daniels and we say Vernon Davis, where you make the argument, yes, this is a guy who has the potential to have 10 touchdowns on the season. I'm just worried that it's going to be 10 touchdowns on 45 catches for 450 yards. Well, here's my point exactly. You're talking about, we, we've been talking about this basically throughout the whole podcast. Offense. The offense, the type of offense, and the coordinators matter. Last year was the first year they would have been under North Turner. He was injured. And now we get, and hopefully, if he doesn't get injured, this is the year you get to see what he can do under North Turner. Very different. North Turner turns tight ends into flat out studs. Period. I mean, he's just that type of coordinator that gets those guys the volume, gets them the red zone work, gets them the work that they, puts them in the position to succeed. It's just a matter of whether Rudolph can stay healthy or not. The offense that he was playing in before, not, not the greatest type of offense. It was basically AP dependent. And they didn't really have much else going on around. So we'll see what happens this year. It, it's uh, I, it could be really exciting for him to be and honest. He I, I think he can't stay healthy though. 
it's time for us to understand that this, if is, that this is not a sure. career that's going to come to the fruition and what we thought when he was drafted right. quite highly out of Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, that it's like I just hope that he doesn't become the forgotten guy in the office. Not forgotten like Val Verde. Just forgotten like morale in this base is shot to hell. Just look out there. Quiet. Hardly man moving. Roy. Roy. He's yelling at a painting. Roy! Roy! Has answered me all day. It's the one I just the one I talked about the Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis probably is. That's a subject you've known and lived very well. What? Yeah. Nobody fingers did. pointed. <laughs> fingers pointed everywhere. Well, everyone's like, it was. It was like, yeah, BD. <laughs> it wasn't me. It. I saw him banging on the sofa. It wasn't me. <laughs> I mean, have you had a venereal disease? What Let's me. go. Uh, you know, we just raise your hand. Raise your hand if you've had a VD. It's a good thing. Hey, this no, is I got no video. But you guys are such pussies that you're not even raising your hand. I didn't have one. I never had one. Gotta get laid to get a VD. <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, Shumo! Your mom was clean. Gubbe! Volume. Ooh! <laughs> she ain't anymore. Uh, <laughs> I got something to tell ya. I love you. I have herpes and so do you. <laughs> We're in this together. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> you, can, you can use half of my tub and, uh, on the ointment. Alright, so are we talking about groove, tight ends or are we talking about your mom's Groove Grease is coming at the end, my friend. Just wait for Groove Grease to the end. Sorry. I've had a couple moments where there's been some Groove Grease coming out of some holes. Hey now! Boy. Boils? Roy! Roy! Has been talking to me all day. Vernon Davis! <laughs> Sunday night. I'm done. Sunday night. Bring us back to Vernon Davis, VD. About, it's all about volume with him. He doesn't. Have, it's not the same offense anymore. A lot of pieces are missing. They're gonna need him to catch passes. His year was so bad last year. It has it can only go up. I hear he's rededicated himself a little bit too. So I, and the holding out last year too took its toll. Obviously, um, it, there's just got to be some turnaround for him. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about it. Well, and I think that their offense is going to have to rely on the pass more this year. For sure. The thing is, is that he's just never been a guy that's been a high-targeted receiver or tight end. So, I, I'm, you know, and now you brought in Torrey Smith, so you've re- reunited Baltimore West Coast, and you got Anquan and, and Torrey. That's great. Okay, fine. Is, is Torrey as good or equal to Crabtree? Probably. Okay, but at the same time, is is Kaepernick that accurate of a passer? And he stinks at his accuracy in the in, in the fifteen to twenty five yard passing range. And it's like that's where I think Vernon Davis would would be so effective in their offense if he could make those passes. But I, I feel like he only throws an accurate one about sixty percent of the time, and that really hurts. Absolutely, I, I agree. And it's it's I mean it's it's going to be rough going. To, that's another guy I hate to say it. I'm not willing to take a chance on. He yeah. will not be on my team, Vernon Davis. Yeah. Uh, his time's passed. There was there was a time period, a short window there, it, with the 49ers type of offense where he was well worth taking. At this point, I just don't see it anymore. I agree. Agree with that. All right. Are we going to go into uh, 
Anything more? Or should we? Uh, I'm gonna go into a comatose. <laughs> it's a Sunday. It's late night. We got a, we got a lot of people that have been uh, working and playing golf and doing a bunch of shite. Uh, I traveled back. For, I was in the car for two hours today. I think we're good, man. I think we can shut this party down. Let's do it. Tight end. We are going to be... You cover that in the draft kit. We cover that on these podcasts. Tight end is a, is a, is a, is a smaller allotment of players. And it's just where do you want to go high on them. And you want to make mistakes like going way too high on Jimmy Graham. I think that's a mistake. Yeah. Uh, but I won't say that I think going too high on Gronk. Could pay off for a guy that's basically probably going to have if he plays his 16 games from what we talked about earlier, 13 or 14 touchdowns. Yeah, I, I really like it, him in, in the sense of a 10-team league. I think it's good, good practice. I think at uh, some point in the late first round or you know right at the turn of the second round to, to go after a Gronkowski based on what you can do streaming wise with both quarterbacks and with tight ends. So. With these two categories that we talked about tonight, I think there's enough value down there at that, that point that if you want to make that bold move and then you're going to go after and really stockpile on your running backs and wide receivers, I think it's not a horrible play at all. One guy I'll say that uh, is a sleeper for me, and I got this from David T, is that uh, Clyde Walford, you mentioned him briefly, uh, Oakland Raiders, guy out of Miami. Keep your eye on that dude. That might be the car drop down. He said, said he was a check down Charlie. Walford might be. He They're might already be, talking about yeah, him. Yeah, might him be a Dwayne start. Allen, but with a lot more athleticism and, and look at speed how many Miami movement. tight ends. Besides my Iowa Hawkeyes, Miami is the other tight end you in the country besides sure. Iowa. I mean, with with Jeremy Shockey, you had uh, even though he he's, he he got in motorcycle accidents, Kellen Winslow. Uh, you yeah. had. Um, that's uh, true. That's true. I love Kellen Winslow in retirement. He still starts Twitter storms with everyone. He shit talks everyone still on Twitter. It's awesome. <laughs> and you see some the comments sometimes. I saw a comment on when he was shit talking on excuse me on on Twitter. And the the co- first comment is like, just jerk off at home like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that'll pretty much that'll pretty much shut me down from ever twi- Twitter battling anybody. <laughs> That's a good place to shut it down. And while you're going to do that, you know, say your goodbyes, but we'll use some groove grease to to, to groove grease, off. shopping mall, parking lot grease for Kellen Winslow, whatever it takes. Who Jimmy Graham went to Miami. There you yeah. go. I was gonna yeah. say. I knew there was more. Yeah. <laughs> let's just t- let's just tell it this way. Dogmatica, Bobby Buddy, nice work. Deanie, nice work. Next, you're Stag like, party. Stag, Stag, like power it's, through. It, it's like weekend, instead of weekend at Bernie's, this podcast is weekend at Stag Parties. <laughs> All right, get your groove grease. We'll catch you next time. We love you guys. Peace.
My cat blew off. Swing around, we'll pick it up. But, sir, we're on the mission. Good thinking. Yeah, we'll pick it up on the way back. You gotta mark the spot, though. Put Rabinowitz in a life raft, have him row in circles until we return. It could be days. Then put some food in the life raft. For God's sake, man, do I have to think of everything? We'll take his fate to shows. He won't miss anything. Sir, there's no time. Okay, okay. How can I be an admiral without my cap? Out there somewhere all alone, I'm here powerless to do anything about it. 